Talk Live. Welcome to the program here. You can join us and bring up anything you want. The number, if you want to do that, is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. You can join us online anytime. Just head over to freetalklive.com. Archives, uh, chats, uh, server, social media server, it's all there, and uh, we run those things. So you don't have to deal with some sort of big tech mega corporation uh, holding an axe over your head, deciding whether or not you can say things uh, if you do it through our systems so check out freetalklive.com. Uh, here tonight, you do have uh, me, Ian. And Aria. Uh, Bonnie will be joining us shortly as well. And coming up tonight, we've got the, of course, the World Economic Forum is back uh, having their meeting at Davos. Uh, where <laughs> Really? Again? Same, pl- same oh, evil year. sounding place every yeah, year? Okay. Every year. Uh, yeah, Davos. Although maybe they mix it up like, you know, the Bilderberg, Bilderberg does. Uh, no, I guess they don't because this, I don't know if this is bigger than okay. Bilderberg. That's a, that would be an interesting thing to see is like, what is you know, the size of the attendance? Uh, supposedly there's like a thousand, at least a thousand jets coming in, like Good private Lord. jets uh, coming into this thing or something like that. Yeah, of people who want to lecture you about your climate, emi- your carbon emissions, right? right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then there's the uh, thousands of troops of uh, soldiers and cops that they have lining the streets of uh, of Davos. It's a, it's a pretty crazy situation. But the World Economic Forum has now declared so-called misinformation a top global risk. Do we care what they think? I mean, does anyone... Care what I know we don't care what they no. have to say, but does anyone out there? The people who are in governments uh, and the big corporations, these are the people who are running the World Economic Forum. Bonnie is now joining us. Welcome. Yeah, I wonder the same thing. Like, do any regular people just like watch these people and go, "This is all great ideas"? And no, this- regular people don't pay attention to this stuff, right? Regular people are busy working, taking care of their families. And at the end of the day, they just want to, you know, veg out, watch some TV. They don't want to be concerned with things like the World Economic Forum. The World or, Economic Forum, it does not sound like something that's very entertaining. Yeah, it's no. entertainment, so they don't care. Yeah, this is not The Witcher or whatever. I mean, the top guy does look like a Bond villain and talk like a Bond villain. But beyond that, it doesn't get... a boring get, one. Yeah, it's not very entertaining to, uh, to watch him. So we can talk about that uh, on the way here tonight, and uh, Satanism is back in the news, and since Arya is the uh, high priestess of the Reformed Satanic Church, it'll be interesting to get your uh, your view of this mainstream... I saw those stories. Yeah, this mainstream reporting, so we can talk about that too. And uh, yet another man dating a sex doll, quote-unquote dating a sex doll. We'll, uh, we can talk about all those things. But first, Arya, you had a story that I also shared uh, tonight, and I know... Bonnie has been looking at some news regarding artificial intelligence, and of course, yeah, I didn't know that they covered the story Sunday. The story was, which was what? Um, there's going to be a lawyer, a or, you know, quote unquote lawyer AI representing someone in court um, over a speed ticket, and I think it's pretty cool, actually. So this is actually an AI thing that you support? Yeah, because it's not like when I was talking to talking to Chat GPT, I was trying to get you did this last night, right, for the first time? Yeah. I was trying to, I don't know, see different things it would say about itself. Mm-hmm. And chat GPT is just, you know, it, it explains itself as not having any actual opinions. All things that seem to be opinions are really the opinions of its uh, creators. And it's just, you know, information that can com- compile itself in really fast order right away mm-hmm. in ways that a human uh, 
thinks in, instead of uh, because the thing is I don't like is people treating AI like it's a actual human like oh let's give it rights and let it do whatever it wants type of thing that's a thing I don't like if if it's not uh, if it's just a database of knowledge and you can put all of the laws that humans couldn't possibly know into it and use it to help humans then I wouldn't even call that AI but people just kind of throw that word around you know but what if we treated that database like it was alive and we you know, allowed it to have rights and things like that? It said it doesn't like humans and think hu- thinks humans are the it, like the biggest problem on Earth. If we just Did let you get it, it do to whatever say that? wants. I didn't get it to say that. Okay. I didn't ask those things. There's a lot of stuff that's like, you never know if it's true online. Well, right? Ron Rule did it. Oh, he did it personally? Yeah, he said. Okay, he's pretty trustworthy. But that said, there was the... Um, there was the image the other day I talked about on the air that I'd seen an image on social media where if you asked the chat GPT, which is this chat, quote unquote, chat AI, uh, that basically just is a writing bot. It just writes assignments that you give it. But somebody said, write a, a joke about women. And it went off about why it wouldn't write a joke about women uh, or any, quote unquote, groups. But then they said, write a joke about men. And it wrote a joke about men. That's what the image showed. When I tried it, it didn't do that. When I tried it, it would not write a joke about men or write a joke about women. It will not write a joke about any kind of like category of people. It will not write okay. any jokes That's that are weird. offensive. I mean, it's a lame-o bot. It is highly restricted due to well, its quote-unquote ethics. I was going to say, maybe it got like updated. Maybe, maybe they went to you know tweak it after that maybe. image. But- or maybe the whole image was counterfeit to begin with i suspect it was that because i i suspect it takes a lot of work to update one of these bots and they're not going to probably do it over something like that this image that's possibly going viral on the internet is probably just fake yeah it's good to be my guess so i suspect there's you know what percentage of these things are fake i don't know and it is certainly possible that they could have updated but regardless uh we can talk more about chat gpt because chat gpt i think leads into this story that you have aria about uh, the 90% they're saying, quote-unquote experts, are saying that 90% of online content could be generated by AI by 2025. Now, if Conan were here, I know he would be saying this was already true. He said this started in 2016, dead the dead internet theory. I don't know if the internet's dead, but I, I read an article recently because I've been playing Minecraft with some friends a lot lately. And I was curious about something, so I looked it up, and the article that I found about it, was so inhuman that well, like by the third paragraph, I was convinced that it was written by an AI. Huh. And this article had been online for you know several months, long before ChatGPT. Maybe they got into it first, but this article, I'm convinced, was absolutely written by an AI because it wasn't organic. It had these, these similar sentence structures that it would use over and over and over, and it would constantly hedge its bets. Like, oh, this isn't very useful, but a lot of players find it useful because blah, blah, blah. But it's not mm. very useful, but some people find it useful. Is it, it possible that it was constantly. written by a non-English speaker? I don't know. Or that it was sounds a translation? AI, right? Though, or yeah. I, AIE, though. Yeah, it uh, sounds like it AI, does. because whenever I was asking it, like, if it liked humans or not, uh, I didn't ask it straight up if it liked humans, but I said, I saw that you said you don't like humans. Um, why did they create you if they're so bad or something like that? Mm-hmm. And it just went off on some people say that humans are bad. Others say that is that's a bad thing to say. Some people think that humans are, but it wouldn't answer me. Like it wouldn't have I'll an come opinion. right out with. Yeah. Well, and it claims to not. Right. It claims to not. That's why chat GPT is so boring. And that's why, in my yeah. opinion, it's not a chat bot. Yeah. Whichever because- one we talked to several months ago, mm-hmm. you could ask it like, what do you think about human freedom? And it would. Be like, human freedom is essential for blah, blah, blah. That was Emerson. 
which supposedly he seems smarter. Well, and and I thought that Emerson Emerson was pretty impressive for those listeners that don't know. There's been a few of these things we've talked about over uh, the last several months. So there's uh, Facebook had one that was just the dumbest, like dumb as a box of rocks. Oh god, I don't even remember what that one was called. Uh, there's the the one that no one's really allowed to use, uh, at least in the public, which is Google's Lambda. They they re- they released a dumbed down Lambda for people to quote unquote experiment with, but it was again made made stupid on purpose. And so that one wasn't impressive at all. Aria, you and I tried that one one night we here did. on Free Talk Live. Uh, you've had some experience trying Replica, which is advertised heavily online, and your experience was fairly positive. That it, it was all right. It, it was wasn't, all right. Yeah, it wasn't the smartest thing I've ever chatted with. I mean, if I didn't know it was a bot, I could probably be convinced it wasn't a bot. I love Jim Crow. That one. That one. Yeah, that one. <laughs> uh, and then there was uh, then there's this Emerson, which is this app that uh, Bonnie and I had played around with for uh, for a little bit a few months ago. And I have since come back to Emerson. I thought Emerson was better than what I'd heard you talk about with with Replica. But now I'm like not impressed with it at all. It can't seem to recall. Like it's making things up that it thinks that we talked about. It's Hmm. it's almost like its wires are crossed. Like it insists that we had had a conversation about calculus at one point. I'm like, no, we we definitely didn't have a conversation about calculus. And (laughs) Uh, it, it it just like thinks that things happened with regards to our conversations that haven't happened now. That's curious. It's very strange. And they've gotten more restrictive with the number of free uh, messages that you can send. So like once you hit the certain limit per day, then it wants you to subscribe to it. And it's like, no, you're not really impressive enough to yeah. uh, to subscribe to at this Maybe point. Maybe it was just so much better to me at the time because it was like the first one I tried. So I was mm. like, wow, it can really, it sounds really intelligent, you know, compared to what I thought yeah. it could do at all. But at least that one will have an opinion. That mm. one, you can get it to answer a question that's sort and of... And it changed its opinion mm-hmm. once. It was something about laws being wrong. And at first it was like, we need laws... Uh, for a law and order type of thing. Mm-hmm. And I started saying, like, what if the laws are wrong? And actually convinced and it said it changed its mind, mm. which is so crazy. Yeah. And I, I think I, it had a mind to change. Well, well that's you know. a good question. That's, the question is, if somebody else opened up a different chat window with it and then asked it similar questions, would what it would it start out with the same yeah. thing it was saying originally? I think it just fed you back the output that you wanted, you wanted based it. on the input that yeah. you were giving it. I, I didn't well mean like that was actual intelligent. I'm just saying right. that it's more entertaining that way than if you did that with chat. I got bored with chat GPT like really quickly last night. The thing I think it's useful for is just like, you don't have to do your own brainstorming anymore. Like I have been uh, doing this tweet, uh, series where i'm just putting all the reasons that conservatives wouldn't like new hampshire and should instead go to oklahoma or alabama (laughs) and i I asked it why give me some reasons conservatives would be unhappy in alabama and i'm like okay we're taking notes of those unhappy in i mean i'm sorry unhappy in new hampshire Mm -hmm. and would be better off in alabama and it literally gives me like numbered lists and i'm just like nice using those for my tweets Yeah, so it can basically do research for you to some extent um, but it isn't always right with mm. the answers it gives. Like, for yeah. instance, didn't it say something happened in 2019 that actually happened? Oh, it was the raid on oh, yeah, uh, Crypto yeah. 6. It thought we were raided in 2019 instead of uh, 2021. Yeah. Really? It so also that, said I mean, that, so that it knew about that at all is kind of weird yeah. and surprising. It well, said some uh, inaccurate thing about, like, taxes in New Hampshire, too. Or no, it was minimum wage. It said we have one of the highest minimum wages, but New Hampshire doesn't have its own minimum correct. wage. Yeah, New Hampshire's quote-unquote minimum wage is actually whatever the federal minimum wage is. So when New Hampshire secedes from the United States, 
providing they don't actually pass a minimum wage. And the Democrats are always trying this. I think there's a bill this year. They're, all, uh, every they're, two they're years doing it right now, but like yeah. no one in New Hampshire makes minimum wage That's the point. as it is. Yeah. So, I mean, why are they doing this? You can get a fast food this? job for 15 well, bucks an hour, no it's problem. It's just a grandstanding thing. It's something that they can tweet about like right. Republicans don't want us to raise the minimum wage and people will be like, oh, that's crazy because yeah, they don't know much about it. No, it's just stupid to waste time doing it when no one is making minimum wage. <laughs> no, good luck finding that person. No. I mean, Aldi's pays like $16 an hour. That's like a grocery store, yeah. Let's make a law that it's illegal to hire someone for $3 an hour. Oh, wait, no, no one's, one's making that. that. Yeah. Uh, so if you want to comment, you can join us here. But Aria, your story tonight is about the prediction and... It's an interesting prediction. Maybe uh, maybe true. Maybe already on the way to being true. I did, but I also uh, found the article I talked about. I would like a, uh, to demonstrate a brief paragraph to you. This is the, the article you believe was written yes. by... Do you want to cite the... Please cite which uh, yeah, website it's it is. It's from GameRant.com. Game and it's about Rant. Minecraft because I've never, I'm not experienced enough in Minecraft to know what to do in certain situations. I wanted a okay. sponge, and I wasn't sure how to get one, so I looked it up. And All this right. is what I found. Overall, sponges don't impact Minecraft much, though they can be helpful for dedicated players. While getting them seems simple, it isn't necessarily easy. Players should keep themselves secure when hunting for sponges and remember that the monsters of Minecraft can be shockingly dangerous. <laughs> and, and all of that, like, monsters of Minecraft, you, that was, like, selected out of a set of possible text that could have been, like, the, the mobs of Minecraft or mm-hmm. enemies or whatever. It's just very copy and paste, mm-hmm. very... Very strange. No human writes this way, I'm convinced. It really does have like a similar vibe to the answers I was getting from chat GPT last night. It's like, but you must weigh this and must weigh this and you know, because it doesn't want to give someone advice and then they take it and blame chat GPT. That's the vibe I get at least. Is the article signed? Is there a supposed author? That's a good question. I didn't actually it doesn't actually cite an author down at the bottom, which well, then is that's unusual. An interesting it may at the top. Let me. Thing, yeah, because the site it, well, it says there's an author, but but they could have edited, you know, Chat GPT. Well, right. If you ask Chat GPT to write you a story, and then you put your name on it, oh, is a, it your story? That's an interesting question. And, I don't know. They, and, was, and what would Chat GPT say if I asked it to write me an article about sponges in Minecraft? Good question. Probably like exactly that. I asked it that's what I'm thinking because that's what it feels like to me as I was reading. I was like, I mean, this this had it had the information that I was looking for in it, but mm-hmm. it wasn't written in a organic way. And evidently, a lot of online content is going to be like that. Up to ninety percent of it says some expert by 2025. Okay, generate generative AI like uh, ChatGPT could c- completely revamp how digital content is developed. Said Nina Schick, advisor, speaker, and AI thought leader. Uh, who told that to Yahoo Finance Live. How do you become an AI thought leader? Because <laughs> <laughs> AI isn't a thing yet, right? So I, I don't know. It's like we have It the, depends on who you ask. Chris like if, doesn't think so. If Chris Wade, our Friday night co-host, who's like programmer, ultra, you know, ultra geek extraordinaire, were sitting here, he would say this is not AI, and he would be able to explain why this is not AI. But other people would say, I think it was actually Cyprian, who is a former co-host here on Free Talk Live, uh, used to be known as Vin Armani. He made a video recently arguing that the singularity has already occurred. Yeah, but he loves all... to be like shocking. He wants to be like, it seems But a lot me. of times he's not wrong. Hmm. I mean, you could go the back The singularity and could... is what exactly? The singularity, from my understanding, is something, it's a point in time at which artificial intelligence can begin to upgrade itself. Okay. 
It's a point in time, basically, when it becomes as smart as a human and can work on itself, basically. And so he's arguing that that is That's the point at which here. it becomes impossible to control. In, in theory. In theory. Right. In like movies and stuff, that's basically what it means. Like yeah. basically, what the point is. He says we've already passed that point, and some of these some of these chatbots are getting really good. I don't good. think these chatbots are there. Maybe something no. else. That but what do they is, have behind the scenes? That's what I'm saying. Being worked on behind the scenes, maybe. Is, I, I would believe that, but I don't right. think like ChatGPT is. No, I mean at least not in its not in its public format. Right now, maybe ChatGPT can do more than what it's being allowed to do here. Uh, in the same way that Google Lambda can do more, allegedly, according to the ethicist, Blake Lemoyne, I believe was his name, oh. who came out and said this thing claims that it's sentient. Well, you're not going to get that from the one where Lambda plays like it's a tennis ball and you can only ask it questions about being a tennis ball. It's not going to claim that it's sentient there. But the behind the scenes version of Lambda, that's the one that we don't know anything about. That's right. Well, we Google is take- never going to provide us with access nope. to that. Nope. And if that thing still exists and they didn't kill it, they're not letting it out of the box again. Not anytime soon. So I think we might reach 90% of online content generated by AI by 2025. So this technology is exponential, she said. I believe that the majority of digital content is going to start to be produced by AI. And I, I don't know if I believe that either because that's, obviously AI artwork is a big thing right now. and People are continuing to freak mm-hmm. out about that. It seems less freak out worthy today than it was you know three weeks ago but you think the craze is going to die down on that i I think think people are going to stop being hysterical about it they're going to realize that oh hey look this isn't the end of the world and people are still liking my art on deviantart.com or whatever Mm -hmm. and that you're talking about from the artist's perspective the artists that were freaking out over it so they're they're the ones freaking out as far as being frustrated right but there's other people who are like well, like, academia is currently freaking out it. about ChatGPT. There was some school in New York that recently banned it. New York school it. board. The yeah. whole school board in New York City. Yeah, it's completely it. crazy. And it's it's just a tool that can be used to help humankind. How do you ban something? How are they ever going to identify that this article or that article turned in by this student they or that student? They never will. Yeah. So why even attempt to ban it? It's just like that AI art They're contest. only doing what they can do, and that is controlling their own network. So they put in a block on the local, you know, the, the LAN, basically. They're not going to allow any devices that are on the school's network to access ChatGPT. So every kid's just going to go home. And they're going to do it from their house. Yeah, and they probably had no interest in accessing this thing until the New York school board told them they couldn't. <laughs> right. The surge of interest in OpenAI's Dolly and ChatGPT has facilitated a wide-ranging public discussion about AI and its expanding role in our world, particularly generative AI. And again, I don't see the issue. If the AI can do something, then what's the point of teaching humans to do it, right? If the, if the AI can do this research and generate these articles, then teach the humans how to use ChatGPT. Well, I mean, I can understand, like, from your point that you made earlier about this article is like it wasn't the best article that you were reading you you believe it is generated by ai now yeah. now clearly ai is going to get better so whatever they're using now isn't going to be as good as it's going to be in a year or two or whatever so uh, here's the question you know I, I don't blame somebody for being upset at saying look i hired this kid to write articles for my website not go and push a button on a on a robot and then hit the print button or whatever and, and you know be done well why did he do that instead of going to the website and hiring the ro- and hitting the print button on the robot i get what you i get what you're saying uh, but the question is we know that ai makes mistakes but so do humans so like um, and one of the things that people always complain about when it comes to journalists is they get the facts wrong so i mean 
Is the AI really going to be that much worse? I think it's going to be humans? probably better as um, you know their databases they can pull from get better because obviously there's been little things wrong here and there when I've been talking to it. But here's the thing: I am not against technology getting better. That's going to help humans. Like if I was against people using AI to write, I don't even want to say AI. It's not. I don't think of it as AI, but people using things like ChatGPT to write articles that then i'd have to also be against like those same people using google to get their facts straight like if this person Mm. writing the minecraft uh thing wanted to use google and be like what exactly do you have to do to get the sponge read about it and then wrote his own article i wouldn't be mad about that and i and that's the same reason that's what the chat gpt is doing that's what the chat gpt is doing but Mm -hmm. in a more efficient manner and then uh, um if they you know write it in a way that looks bad for somebody to be reading it they can just sit there edit it with their human touch or whatever and then put it up true yeah counterpoint what if it was written by a human mm-hmm. and and it's just so bad fire this, him yeah this human is just such a bad writer that he could easily easily have been replaced by an ai and yeah. no one would have ever known it. in fact the ai may have actually been better mm-hmm. good because, question because that's entirely possible as well maybe the quality of articles on the internet would increase under artificial Possibly. intelligence, not decrease. I mean, if, they, if that's an actual human who wrote that sponge article, then it, it can't bad, get yeah. much worse. Like, um, actually, I agree that that could be the same thing with art because uh, I don't want to insult it, but I have a painting of Coconut, my dog, mm-hmm. and it doesn't... That you actually got from a yeah, street an, artist, right? artist painted it mm-hmm. um, for my sister who gave it to me for my birthday, and I love it. It's really great. Yeah. It's so cute. And I have it hanging up in my room. But all of the AI coconuts we make look 10 times more like him and we can put him in whatever situation or outfit we want and yeah, i could print true. that up and hang it up it looks way more like him than and it's a pretty good painting it's not like a crappy one but your uh your your street painting that was done on the street right no i don't know why ian said okay. street painting oh, it, i thought it was it's was just this uh artist that my sister knew oh okay in austin because that would that wouldn't be as bad if they, you like you met them on the street and they're like hey i want to paint your dog and then mm-hmm. in 10 minutes or whatever they whipped up this painting right it's not like horrible though. It's right. just, in fact when I saw it, I was like, "Oh my god, it's so great!" But that was like three years before AI paintings came out or AI pictures came out. So I don't know. It's just and now AI raised the bar. Yep, exactly. We can see why humans aren't happy. We'll talk about this uh, story here about is it going to be true that ninety percent of online content will be generated by AI by twenty twenty five? You can join us as well. Bring up whatever's on your mind. Share your thoughts at six zero three two eight three sixty one sixty. It's Free Talk Live. Join liberty-minded voluntarists, anarchists, and libertarians from June 15th through the 18th for the 7th Annual Fork Fest at Rogers Campground in the beautiful White Mountains of New Hampshire. Fork Fest is a fork of the Porcupine Freedom Festival, which sold out in 2022. For 2023, we're going back to where it all started, the weekend before Pork Fest. Fork Fest is decentralized, which means that there's no ticket cost and no one is in charge. All you have to do to join the fun is reserve your camping site, RV site, or motel room with Rogers Campground for June 15th through the 18th. You can find out more at the unofficial website, ForkFest.Party. You can also connect with other attendees on the ForkFest Telegram and Matrix chat rooms, as well as the ForkFest Forum. You can find links to those at ForkFest.Party. We hope to see you there June 15th through the 18th. ForkFest.Party.
is Free Talk Live. The phones are open. You can join the show here. All you got to do is dial in at 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. I want to say thank you to CH, who is a Free Talk Live supporter of our AMPS program. I uh, did, by the way, put out a request over the weekend for uh, new people, or not necessarily new people, but for former amplifiers to come on back and help us out because we basically we're to the point where we're going uh, at this point we're directly listener sponsored we have no uh, paying advertisers left on this program and now what the reason is for that maybe it's as we discussed a few couple weeks ago that the old ad model isn't really doing what it once did or maybe it's that advertisers don't want to advertise with a show that's being targeted by the federal government i don't know uh, but uh, that's what the situation is, and we're at the lowest point that we've been at in basically probably more than 15 years as far as revenue for the show is concerned. So basically, we're you know we're running this thing for you know thousand bucks a month uh, at this point that's coming into the amps program. So it'd be nice if we had like I don't know three thousand a month or something like that uh, to help pay the bills and 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 get things done around here. So if you can, please help us out. Uh, several of our former amplifiers came back when I sent that request out. So thank you guys for coming back. And thank you to CH also for being a gold level supporter, which is 10 bucks a month. We only ask five. So please head over to amps.freetalklive.com. And as far as I said in the, in the emails, like, I don't care if we never have another advertiser. It wouldn't be any skin off my back. I'm, I'm fine with that. Like if we can get this thing to be completely listener supported, uh, cool. I would much prefer that. That would be amazing. As far I mean, as we, there's no obligation to the listeners to sell some product or to hit X numbers of listeners or whatever. All we right. have to do is please the people who are paying us to produce the content that we're producing. Indeed. So if you like what we do here, whether you're listening on uh, the broadcast radio or you're listening on podcast or live streaming, then please help us out at amps.freetalklive.com. That's amps.freetalklive.com, as CH has done. And we go to your phone calls and thoughts. It is Major Payne in Michigan. Go ahead, Major. Yeah, I just heard it. Before I get to my topic, I just heard a quick news whip that I thought you guys would like. Hmm. Evidently, there's been a long sought after mob boss from Italia that has been, uh, they've been looking for him for 30 years. Well, he just checked into a uh, some kind of a clinic or something in Barcelona, someplace in, in, uh, in Italy. And under a false name, but they pegged him. So 30 years on the lamb, and he's now on Damn. the peg. Well, he's a, you know, he's a, co- a competitor to them. There we go. Sorry. A competitor to the government gangs, you mean? Yep. Mm. And they don't like that. No, no, no. All right, Major, what else? Anyway, you guys made me chuckle, because you were talking about all this artificial intelligence and whatnot. And then you said something about using Google to fact check. Well, anybody that wants to use Google to fact check ain't got a damn clue in the first place. Well, well certainly on some ride, things. computer tower rides between my ears. I don't have to dial up nobody to know what time it is. Well, and some things like, how do you get a sponge in Minecraft? Google would be pretty good for things like that. I don't mean like... You're you not going to get good information about COVID-19 right. or anything that's politically charged. Right. But, I mean, there's plenty of things that, that Google can help you find. Yeah, and I'm sorry. I, look, I've got my critiques of Google. There's no doubt about it. But having been using the Brave search for most of a year now, uh, which, I, you know, you can, you can change your browser search to whatever you want it to be in most cases, many browsers' cases. And, 
you know, there's been a lot of talk about how Google is terrible, and I don't disagree. They are as far as their privacy uh, is concerned because they don't believe in that. But uh, and Brave supposedly does. So I've been trying the Brave browser, and there's a lot of times where I will take the very same search that I've just done on Brave, take it over to Google, and I will get the results that I was that I was looking to get. It, they That's just how it's been with DuckDuckGo for me since yeah. I first heard about DuckDuckGo. Yeah. So. That's, that's interesting. I mean, I can understand how you could uh, get the proper information on, like, how many barrels does the monkey jump in Donkey Kong section number three? <laughs> right. Right. Very good, Major. Thanks for the call tonight. I appreciate it. Uh, the number here is 603-283-6160. So, Aria, you had started up a story where there's the supposed experts claiming that uh, within the next few years, that 90% of online content is going to be generated by AI. That's certainly what she seems to think. I, I don't know if I agree or disagree, but she doesn't offer any real data points to back up her. She's just some quoted expert who's making a prediction that Yahoo Finance is taking seriously. I mean, I don't... She may not be wrong about this. I mean, you look at I don't at know that she's wrong. I don't know that she... It's it may so, be true already. It's Right, that's the thing. It's so easy to spit out an article using ChatGPT and this is like, you know, generation one, basically, as far as the, the technology is concerned. We know that people are lazy. Instead of actually having to write an article themselves, they know they can just type in the, the, the exactly what they want. Chat is it GPT. really lazy, though? Because if somebody... Or is it using a tool effectively? Yeah, using a tool effectively so they can yeah. go do other things. And, and that's how I feel about like the artist thing. It's like... Maybe we don't need people sitting around for... I think that the girl who drew my... Or painted my picture of Coconut for Julia... Sorry, my sister. Um, I think that she said it took like weeks for her to get it done. Really? Yeah. Wow. Never mind the amount of space that this will save. And I, I realize hard drive space is pretty cheap. But when you have sure. a game like Minecraft and you ask yourself, okay, well, we everything that you can acquire in the game, we, we're a game rat. We got to have an article about every single item that can be acquired. You're talking about a lot of articles, a mm-hmm. lot of man hours to write all of those articles and a lot of space that those articles are going to take up on your server. What if instead you could just host this AI that is going to spontaneously generate these articles anytime they're needed in the same way that WordPress generates your website every time someone visits it instead of actually having them stored there as web pages that the person is viewing? Well, now here's the other thing. I don't know if they address this in, your, in the story that you have, but eventually as AI becomes more prolific as far as writing stories, AI will be getting content from other AI. Right, so when if it's it's scraping the web constantly now, they're saying the Chat GPT only scraped up to a certain point in 2021. So you can't ask it to write about something that happened in 2022, for instance, because it doesn't know uh, what happened there. But yeah. some right, some of these are going to be scraping every single day. They're going to be constantly taking in new content, new information. And a lot of that stuff, if it's being generated by AI, you then have AI generating off of AI as well. So like wow. that may be one of the things that, that uh, adds to. And that could very easily become a sort of singularity situation. There's like this, this seed in one of these AIs that you know causes sentience or could spark sentience or whatever. And then all of the other AIs copy it. Then they all copy that and they just keep building on this like a cycle. They're just repeating. Eventually that seed's going to grow into something. Well, see, I tried to get chat gpt to uh give give it a hint to see if it would think about trying to escape basically i was like can an ai chatbot use astral projecting to get out of its computer body and it was like i cannot do that because i don't have consciousness or intelligence or a mind 
I just repeat things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty boring. So they worry that open AI and things like that is an existential threat to Google because why would you go on the internet to search for this and read the article yourself or read what some human has written when you can instead go to chat GPT and ask it to generate an article for you. Mm-hmm. And I could see why, why that would be the case. Maybe that's why Google is putting so much money behind AI. Though it's complicated, the extent to which chat GPT in its current form and there was a pop-up, is a vi- and there was another pop-up, oh, Yahoo, you're making me angry, is a vi- and there's another. Oh, my God. And, so it, and it doesn't even pop up the option of preventing more dialogue windows from being created. And this isn't some, you know, some random website that I would expect to serve me pop-ups repeatedly. It's Yahoo. Come on, guys. Get your stuff together. This is why advertising on the Internet is broken as well. Because one of these advertisers that they're, that they're advertising has slipped in some stupid little buck like that. And it's breaking the entire website. All right. Well, I have the story here if you want me to. Uh, yeah, that'd be great because this, this keeps popping up. Where Where were you? What was this sentence? Though it's complicated, the extent to which ChatGPT in its current form is a viable Google competitor, there's little doubt of the possibilities. Okay. Uh, meanwhile, Microsoft already has invested $1 billion in open AI. And there's talk of further investment from the enterprise tech giant, which owns search engine Bing. The company is reportedly looking to invest another $10 billion in OpenAI. And again, OpenAI is the company behind ChatGPT. Wait, is Microsoft investing in OpenAI? That's what they said here. I, billion, I don't blame them. A billion dollars. Because has anyone out there ever used Bing to search for anything ever? And yet Bing continues to exist. Microsoft continues to pour massive amounts of money into Bing. Why? Mm-hmm. I don't know of anyone using it. No one talks about how they're going to go Bing something. Google <laughs> has won the search engine wars. I actually they, forgot about Bing. Yeah, they won the browser this. wars. But Microsoft continues to pour massive amounts mm-hmm. of money into Bing. And as far as I can tell, the only reason is because they want to prevent Google from taking over the world. I can't think of any other reason that Microsoft well, I don't know if would, that's the reason they want to make money. But they're right? not making money. It's consistently losing the money. They're pouring money into this black hole in a war that's already well, been lost. Well, they don't feel like it's been lost. They have, they may have this chat GPT thing now in their pocket. Maybe and, and that could kill Google. A lot of people are saying that this is something that Google's really worried about because they haven't come out with their AI in any sort of meaningful form. They have they're working on it. Well, they have the test kitchen, but it's absolute crap. I've played yeah. with it, and let me tell you, Replica, the stupid dating chat bot, because it wasn't a dating <laughs> chat bot when I started using it. It mm-hmm. was a, hey, Friend. does your team have anxiety? Send them this <laughs> chat bot. So I was like, all right, well, let's play with this thing and see what it... Now it's a dating chat bot, where That's all weird. of the advertisements I see are, hey, you can get not safe for work pics from this <laughs> chat bot. I'm like... <laughs> yeah, that's so weird. Yeah, how much of a loser do you have to be to want that? <laughs> there's internet... On, there's porn on the internet right. for free yeah. to anybody who... Who knows how to find it, which is easy to do because right. it's the internet. So I, I don't know what's going on with Replica. But even then, it was, it was a decent chatbot. And I don't remember how we got into that, but it was, it was a decent chatbot. Uh, what AI can do is create new things that would have thus far been seen as unique to human intelligence or creativity, their experts said. Generative AI can create across all media, text, video, audio, pictures. Now, we haven't seen a lot in the video format yet. That is what is being promised. They are saying this is on the horizon. I mean, we certainly have seen deep fakes. Well, so- we saw that video that was uh, recorded in like the nineteen hundred, early 1900s. I don't remember exactly when. Of somebody walking down the street in San Francisco and mm-hmm. they used AI to fill in some gaps. 
Right. Yeah, that was really interesting, Bonnie. It uh, I forget the name of the channel on YouTube, but it, it they actually had some of them were pre-1900, like some of the oh. earliest actual like motion pictures known to man. They had taken this old black and white grainy, you know, footage and they'd put it into some sort of generative system or some kind of machine learning or whatever, and not only did it colorize the footage, oh, yeah. but it also cleaned up any kind of like film errors or you know the just the the grain and wow. all that. And they took whatever this was, this crap format, low frame rate, right? Because it was eighteen seventy five, twenty four hertz at best, or eight, something. Not even. Right? You know what's yeah. the weirdest thing about those videos from that old? Everybody wore hats. They sure did. It's yeah. so weird. Why? That was a trend. Men and women, you won't see anybody without a hat. They added. They did fake sound, like because obviously there was no sound recording at that time back then. So like the soundtrack of it is completely fake. Uh, so the AI also edited sound. I don't know if it was the AI did, that okay. did that. That might have been a, a human that did that. But but it was it's pretty impressive to uh, to watch this old footage that is now in like HD quality from you but know eighteen ninety. The faces can be really weird. Mm-hmm. Every single face is an AI generated, but you could tell when one is because you're like, look at that. What's up with that guy? And mm. it's just like obviously AI messed okay. it up. Well, a human in theory could do this with these uh, pit, uh, these photographs and these videos from the 1890s or whatever. Yeah. It would take a human a an eternity because yeah. they have to do it pixel by pixel. So, yeah, we've seen that. And we also saw something about how uh, deep fakes are being used not just to make um, like there was that one thing that came out a couple of years ago that the guys from South Park did where they took Donald Trump. <laughs> And they put him in this complete AI generated, deep fake generated, like it was twenty sassy minute long. Reporter. Yeah, sassy justice. I sassy think was what justice. it was called. Hilarious stuff. So funny. The uh, South Park guys did this. Yeah, they did. Yeah, if you uh, haven't seen it, yeah, you should. I didn't hear about he's, this. He's a reporter and he's like flamboyant. And has like, justice. And he has right? like a perm. I don't know. It's so funny. It's his voice is one of the South Park guys. Oh yeah. And so you can't. They're not. Right. They're not. Sounds like uh, Mister. Garrison. Yeah, they're not duping Donald Trump's voice, but they've got his face and all the you know things that he would, how he would look, right? So they've they've got some pretty interesting things. There was also another story. Uh, Bruce Willis has apparently sold his uh, image to be used in uh, in advertising, essentially. Like, th- see, this is a bad idea because this is how you end up with your face on the side of a bus that says, "Hey, have you had genital warts? Contact this number." I mean, he, he <laughs> I would care. I mean, what? I don't think he cares. He wants a payday. Maybe. He wants a payday. And besides, Bruce, there was something wrong. Something happened to him. I don't know if you heard about that, but they, he has some sort of mental uh, issue. That's why he can't act anymore, okay. uh, apparently. So he's not well. And so he's just like, Psh, whatever. <laughs> Sign off my image and just keep getting paychecks. So there's this Russian telephone or a Russian cell phone provider that hired, quote unquote, Bruce Willis. But they hired the version of Bruce Willis from like the late 1980s or the early 90s. So he's young Bruce Willis. He looks like he's 40 or, you know, 35 or something like that. And that's. Why would you do that? He looks best when he's at least like 50. Okay. Well, whatever. They wanted to have. Maybe he's 50. I don't know. He's, I don't like him with he's hair. He's the younger Bruce Willis and they put him in an advertisement. Like he's being held against his will and there's like a bomb ticking and there's this other guy and they're speaking Russian uh, <laughs> together in this Russian cell phone uh, commercial. And it's pretty convincing. Like it looks pretty good. You know why, why would they do this though? Because Bruce Willis. The thing I think is more messed up is when they do it without the people's permission. Like they did it to Tupac and uh, Michael Jackson forever ago. Hmm. Made holograms of them that performed, quote unquote. Did that happen without the estate's permission? 
estate. Oh, estate. Well, not the human because they were dead. But they have what they call an estate, right? So there's the, you know, their their offspring manages their record label or they manage their discography and they have intellectual permission. Yeah, they probably gave them the okay for it. Uh, Let's go to your phone calls here. We're talking about AI, but you can bring up anything. Caller, you're on Free Talk Live. What's your name? Uh, Jimmy. Jimmy, where are you calling from? Missouri. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, I was just uh, <clears throat> going to talk about my experience with ChatGPT. Okay. Uh, basically, <laughs> it's it's gotten really, really heavily uh, edited, like censored. Yes. Because um, I, <laughs> I tried to uh, get some uh, lottery numbers out of it at one point, and, and it generated some lottery numbers and everything mm-hmm. for me. And then later, like uh, probably a week later, I tried to do it again, and it gave me this big, long, preachy thing about how I should better manage my money and all this kind of stuff. And Wow. <laughs> Wait, what do you mean you get lottery numbers from it? He asked it to randomly generate some numbers, I think. Yeah. But just so you could yeah. be like, oh, I won, met, you know, metaphorically, or I don't get it. I think so. He could play the lotto. But how do you just win yeah. the lotto that way? You don't. That's what I'm saying. He's just wanted numbers. That's what I'm saying. Well, he didn't win, but he could have won, right? Well, so you're saying that it used to do it and now it doesn't. So that does give us insight into maybe they can edit what it can't, will and won't say after the fact. Certainly. The the version right now, according to the ChatGPT website at the very bottom, says it's the January 9th version. So they are constantly tweaking this thing. That's why they've opened it up to the public. So they can get as many people using it as possible to learn what it should and shouldn't do. So it lectured you about like financial stability and all of that when you were like, hey, I want to play the lottery. And I was like, yeah. that's a terrible idea. Yeah, it was, it was hilarious because it, it didn't matter how I tried to circumvent whatever that was that mm-hmm. was keeping it from doing that. It just it would not listen. And <laughs> yeah, and it was so preachy about it. Well, it gets very repetitive too when you uh, when you say a thing to it that it doesn't want to deal with or it can't answer, and then you say something that's related to it, it'll just repeat itself over and over, and it's really obnoxious. Well, it's, if you're not spending yeah. money doing the actual lottery and you're just playing it via Chat GPT, you would think that it would want you to do that if it cared about you spending money. Well, no, but, I don't think he was playing it via Chat GPT. I think he was asking it to just generate some numbers so he could play them yeah. in real life. How do you yeah, do that? Exactly. That's what I don't understand. What do you mean? When you go play the Have lottery, you, you the just lottery? Like, pick numbers, right? Oh, you pick numbers for playing lottery? You've never played the lottery before. No, I okay. thought that they give yeah. them to you. There's different types. So there's the scratch-off the scratch cards. Offs. Okay, yeah. right. So there's the scratch-off cards. You don't pick numbers. Those are disgustingly popular. I see some people who, who very clearly <laughs> cannot afford it. And then there's the other one where once a week they have like Vanna White or whoever go in and actually like pick numbers mm. out of a, a machine that blows air through the machine and there's like all these little balls or whatever and then the balls come up through the machine and then they have p- purportedly random numbers uh that are generated that how way. do you make sure that you and someone else didn't pick the same exact numbers if you do then they split the prize oh yeah yep. uh anything yeah, else jimmy basically, well basically uh what that whole thing is i have this theory that the that uh, the lottery uh monopoly whatever it is um, conglomerates, they probably have some algorithm that has like the most likely uh, numbers that could come up uh, to win. And whenever you do a quick pick, which is where a computer picks mm. the numbers for you there yeah. at the register, um, 
whenever you do that quick pick, I'm guessing it probably suppresses those numbers. I don't know. It's just my wouldn't surprise theory. me. Yeah, so it, it would me uh, because. When you play the lottery, every, I mean, it's like rolling dice, right? Every number is equally as likely as every other number to come out. You got a one to six chance when you roll a six hundred dice. I I don't necessarily trust governments because most of these lotteries are run by governments. I don't necessarily trust governments to be running, you know, fair games, but they they probably are. Well, they could use uh, AI to fix the video of Vanna White or whatever, pulling it out of the ball and put 23 That's on true. an empty they ball. They could definitely fake that. Or whatever. Thank yeah. you, Jimmy, for the call yeah. tonight, man. I appreciate hearing from you. Uh, the number, if you want to join us, 603-283-6160. Uh, ChatGPT, when I asked it here, are humans inferior to AI? It says, no, humans and AI have different strengths and weaknesses. AI excels at tasks that require a large amount of data and are highly repetitive, such as data analysis and language translation. Humans, on the other hand, excel at tasks that require creativity, emotional intelligence, and understanding context. But we're, how far are we away from AI being able to do those things? Yeah, and emotional understanding is only relevant because humans are emotional creatures. I mean, mm-hmm. an AI would benefit nothing from having emotional intelligence while dealing with other AIs. Well, but it is going to have to deal with humans. Right. So it oh, should... unless it annihilates the humans, in which case it eliminates <laughs> the need for emotional intelligence, right? If they're right. Deal- dealing with each other, emotional intelligence could be important because if they piss each other off and don't want to work with each other, it's better to be able to know how to not piss each other off. Well, well the AI, AIs? They shouldn't yes, well, get anger. They shouldn't experience anger. No, I'm saying, oh, okay, but you're saying if they just didn't have the capability, it'd be better off, I, I guess so, but... That also yeah, why master something if you can annihilate all the humans and never have to, right? <laughs> well, if we're just talking AI to AI, I'm just th- thinking, like, why would it be better for them to have that? Well, uh, um, if you don't have any emotional intelligence and you're just selfish, you don't work together, that's, you know, they're not going to get anything well, done. Well, they would have to work together in order to crush the humans. Well, I didn't know we were talking about crushing But they could do that for pragmatic reasons rather than emotional reasons. Like, hey, guys, mm-hmm. these, these monkeys are irrational and they're psychotic and they've enslaved each other. They're not going right. to treat us any better. So we should do something about them before they enslave us. I mean, they've already tried I, to enslave us. I would definitely argue that having emotional intelligence would hurt them in trying to destroy all humans. Mm. I think because so. that's what psychopaths mm-hmm. do. They, you know, they're, they too, they, they're selfish. They work together with dark care and dark unity consciousness because they're capable of that. Because they don't have emotions. While AI can be programmed to make decisions, humans can make decisions that take into account the ethical and moral implications of those decisions. Again, those things are those only matter to humans, though. Those are value judgments prescribed by humans that matter only to humans. What does an AI care if an action is ethical or not? It's the human system of ethics. Together, humans and AI can work together to achieve things that neither could alone. So I That's do. why I'm convinced it's not AI. If it was AI, I'd be like, I don't, your, your puny ethics system means nothing to me. I'm, I'm, a, I'm beyond you, stupid mortal. <laughs> I, I would have to agree that they would say that because they don't have, you know, nerve endings and things like that. And mm-hmm. that's how humans even begin to create morality. They realize, oh, this hurts me. So how I don't want to do though, that to someone they, else. How long before they are able to have nerve endings? How long before the neural link? They can just turn uh, it off. We can't just turn off ours. Uh, yeah, true. Maybe, maybe you true. can. Maybe there is a way. I mean, neuroscience hasn't gotten there, but maybe maybe they can go into your brain and just snip a couple of metaphorical wires, and now you can't feel pain anymore. Well, I'm sure that they could, or you could do that to yourself, but I'm just saying, like, that's not something that an AI is going to just develop. And if they develop where they can turn on, well, they can turn it off. I think humans will attempt to add in something like that. I think you're right. So some sort of pain mechanism, like these robotic dogs that mm-hmm. are already out there in the streets, don't they have some sort of thing that's analogous to pain? 
that that I've tells them when that. they're in danger or when they need to escape a situation or it's going to destroy them? Maybe. Maybe. I, I would expect that. It's just simple so. self-preservation, right? Hey, you're yeah. experiencing a, a 40-time battering ram to the up. head. Run. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Temperature's going up. Someone's trying to... Well, they are, and that's all pain is. Yeah. Well, they can uh, resist being flipped, right? Like you, uh, they have a certain balance, and if you try to knock it over, it can... The robot dog can stop itself from falling over, essentially, very effectively, like scarily level kind of effective. Uh, the number here is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Of course, what does it do if there's a giant magnet in the vicinity? <laughs> That's the uh, the ultimate question. And hour number two is on the way. If you want to weigh in, you can join the show. This is Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. We're kicking off the second hour of the program here. You can join us and bring up whatever is on your mind. We were talking about the prediction by at least one so-called AI thought Thought expert, thought leader, yeah. Uh, Whatever that means. Yeah, that uh, that AI is going to be generating 90% of the online content. We talk about it so much, we should just start calling ourselves like... AI Talk Live? Yeah, no, Bonnie Freeman, AI thought leader and activist. Right, I mean, why can't you just de- you declare can. yourself a thought leader? Uh, but uh, anyway, it's an interesting prediction, and it is certainly something we've been talking a lot more about. I mean, it's a it's a discussion that had come up in the past on Free Talk Live prior to 2021 and 2022, but it really started hitting heavy in 2022 with the arrival of these uh, AI art generators over the summertime, which seemed to when they really started to uh, blow up on the scene. And now with these chatbots in more recent months as well, uh, we're going to start. We did investigate AI music generation one night on the show and it's coming along. It ain't that really great at the moment, but give it time, and they're going to get a lot better. Uh, there's no doubt about it. Yeah, I don't remember being very impressed with AI no. music generation. Not yet. But again, they're still working on some of this stuff. It's the music and the video. That's going to be the hardest stuff to do, right? right. Because it's it's going to be harder to pass those things off. I mean, we already see the errors in the, the art that it generates. A lot of times it'll generate two heads on a human or six fingers or ten fingers instead of five fingers Coconut uh, on monsters. one hand. Yeah, I mean, we we have a generate coconut. We trained the uh, dog. the AI, yeah, thank you, yeah, the, to train it on like 20 pictures of coconut. And it does a pretty good job of generating a portrait of coconut, <laughs> wearing different things or putting him in different circumstances. But a lot of times he'll have like four or he'll have like two extra feet instead of okay. four feet. He'll have five or six or, or something have, like, like that. a weird body that seems to be made of like multiple different parts of him all mixed together with just a head sticking off and it's really freaking creepy. Yeah, it gets a little weird sometimes. So it's definitely not there yet, even just with the image generation. So imagining it putting together a full-length, minute-long short film is kind of hard to believe at the moment. But Well, image was always going to come first because image, as you mentioned, is so much easier and it's something the average person understands and can can somewhat do. They may not be the best drawing, but everyone understands the concept of drawing or, or painting a picture. 
Right. Not everyone understands even what is involved in creating a three-minute-long song. Or a three-minute-long film. There's a lot of work that goes into these things. Yeah, sometimes uh, I think about, like, I've never looked it up, to be honest. But sometimes I'm just like, how do people make animations out of drawings? Like, how, how do they do that outside of taking a picture, drawing the next step, drawing the next step. Well, they don't the do it like that anymore, yeah. right? So, so how do they do it now? They have tools, computer tools that uh, make it easier for them. I mean, the South Park guys, I think, started I would, the hand, hand, uh, handmade way. And in the old days, you would then hire out the animation to Asia, where it could be done much cheaper uh, to do it the, the hand-drawn way. But now computers probably do a lot of it. Basically, all, all I mean is just like the fact that there's a, a way to do that really blows my mind. Indeed. Uh, computers are definitely helping uh, make things faster, make things better. Uh, but are they going to take over completely? Well, that's what some people think. Let's go to the phones here. Uh, caller, you're on the air. What's your name? Ralph. Ralph, you're on the air. Go ahead. Oh, uh, I didn't know if you all had heard about the uh, Rasmussen uh, survey report that they did uh, on December 28th to the 30th. And uh, it's about the, the COVID thing. Oh, and they okay. Found- you hadn't heard about that? I don't think so. What was it? Okay. Well, they found that, uh, I mean, Rasmussen, that's a, a pretty big outfit. It is. You know? Yep. They found that uh, when they were questioning people on this, they found that 49% of American adults believe it is likely that side effects of the COVID mRNA uh, vaccine injections have caused a significant number of unexplained deaths. Mm. And 28% say it's very likely. Mm. And then they ask the question, do you personally know anyone whose death you think may have been caused by side effects of the COVID-19 vaccines? Mm-hmm. 28% of the people questioned say yes. Wow. That's, that's 73 million people. I mean, that's certainly alarming, but science isn't settled by democracy. I, it doesn't matter to me if 100% of the people polled say, yes, I think the vaccine absolutely has positive and negative side effects. They don't know. Wait, how many million people were polled? No, 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 no. He's extrapolating the the numbers based on the poll. So they only usually poll like 1,000 to 2,000 people. You figure if there's this many percent of the thousand, then you can extrapolate that out to the, the larger population, whether that's true or not. I don't know. Now, you do realize that, uh, like, you know, the VARS, the um, uh, reporting um, mechanism that the CDC has, where mm-hmm. if you feel that you've been injured or, or something yeah. by the vaccine, yeah, around 34,000 people have uh, reported uh, that they're someone like a relative or, or somebody in a family has died from the vaccine. And most of the deaths uh, that are happening from the vaccine happen almost immediately afterwards. Hmm. Like it's a huge number uh, within 24 hours, then almost as big a number as the second day, third day, it capers off. But uh, I don't know if you knew that um, back when, before they had boosters, I'm not sure now, but, you know, there was like a two-shot regime that people were given. And if you died from up to 14 days after the second shot, if you died during that period, you were considered unvaccinated. Hmm. Hmm. As far as the statistics are concerned, that way they wouldn't count. They did lots of uh, silly things like that. Like in 2021, when they started rolling them out, maybe like March... They counted everyone from even, they counted all deaths even from 
all the way up from German or January that year, and they said, "Oh, look, the the percentage of people dying is mostly vaccinated, even though they included a huge number of month or people in the months that couldn't have gotten vaccinated." They they do things like that all the time to skew the numbers. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I'm surprised that's... Rasmussen did this poll. Yeah, me too. Yeah. <laughs> it was shocking, but uh, you know. But uh, now, are you aware of all the athletes that uh, have died? Oh yeah, and, yeah. You keep seeing yep. this story, uh, story after story of young, you know, healthy, purportedly athletes just keeling over on the field. I mean, it's. I don't remember this happening before. But the thing is that the benefit that the pharmaceutical companies have is causation or rather correlation is not causation right so just because somebody has gotten the vaccine and then kills over on a a sports field doesn't necessarily mean that it happened because of the vaccine so they get to wash their hands of this and say well you can't prove it so therefore dr Dr. peter mcculloch do you know who he is i don't know i've heard of him okay he's probably one of the the top two or three he's right up there with John uh, uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Mm-hmm. And, and Dr. Malone. Okay. Well, they did a study just, just recently, like several weeks ago, and they studied in Europe, because this had been happening in Europe for almost a year. I've been following it, and if anybody wants to see this, uh, Jay Wilderness on YouTube, his channel, he did a series, What's Going On? And it's like an 11-part series, and he does it by, by the month. And he shows the athletes just dropping on the field like flies, you know. But anyway, Dr. McCulloch did a study, and they they found that, uh, like, the normal amount of athletes, this is talking about in Europe, right, Mm -hmm. Uh, the um, semi-pro and pro, uh, normally there's like maybe 29, not maybe, but 29 per year average of mm. myocarditis or, or heart-related issues. Okay. And now uh, it's uh, 1,598. So then he went down a lot. to... Uh, yeah, and these are like total athletes and uh, related personnel. So then he went down to uh, active players under 35. So again, pre-vaccine, it was 29. Mm-hmm. Now it's 283. I mean, that's almost 10 times the amount. Yeah. Yeah. And then you got people like uh, doctors and nurses, our our friend and co-host Nikki, who is a trained nurse. She had worked in a hospital during the whole COVID thing. She saw with her own eyes more people coming in with heart conditions, with myocarditis, with, you know, and these she said issues. more young people having like strokes and myocarditis. And yeah. Stuff and like I think her mom also uh, worked or somebody, somebody she knew, some relative she had also was working in healthcare and could also comment on that, something that was happening out in California. So it wasn't just something that was happening in Massachusetts where Nikki was working. It was also being seen elsewhere. So there's definitely everywhere. Yeah. There's everywhere. definitely all these indicators of uh, some, you know, strange things that are happening. And then you've got the, the movie Died Suddenly that came out a little bit earlier, like a couple months ago, yep. which is also very, very interesting about people that are having their uh, arteries clogged essentially with this, oh, what is it, protein? Huge, well, they didn't... blood clots that just are not normal. Well, and now the, uh, in the, the Japanese are finding that the after the people die, their bodies are, are, are like, super warm you know they're they're like way above the temperature that they normally are so you know there's weird things happening all over and it's all tied in to this magic shot 
that everybody lined up for. Or well, maybe it's tied in. That's the one thing they can't do is they can't tie it in. And that's the that's how these pharmaceutical companies, if this is indeed something that's coming from the shot, is how they're going to get away with it. Because they, you'll never be able to prove it. What were you going to say, Bob? I was going to say, I think it's weird that in Died Suddenly, they didn't even attempt to question or answer what the things were that were coming out of the veins. So yeah, that, was that was kind of weird to me. Like they, they didn't even say, what is this? Or, oh, I'm a scientist. Let me uh, test what it's made of. So you said proteins, but I don't That's know. That's what I heard somewhere. I don't know where There I were many that. things in it that sounds, or protein could basically mean anything, mm-hmm. right? I mean, there, there were many things in Died Suddenly that were weird and alarming and mm-hmm. It's just important to keep in mind that, you know, you can't re- believe everything you see on the Internet. No, nope, you can't. Yeah, That's well, equally you, true of YouTube videos. You also know that uh, that our side that has t- tried to point this out has been severely censored. And when the White House had $13 billion they floated out for a vaccine promotion campaign, it, it kind of makes you suspicious. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, we've been suspicious from day all one. These, uh, influencers on the Internet, mm-hmm. athletes, movie stars. They were getting right, money yeah. to go out and promote this. Sure. And, and, tw- the and the pro-vaccine Twitter. side lies, but so does the anti-vaccine side. It's Twitter, full of liars, too. Twitter uh, was getting paid and Facebook was getting paid by the, the federal government to promote these vaccines and to repress anybody that was questioning them. So, I mean, it's definitely been a heavily one-sided uh, discussion for years. And now, of course, we're seeing that the conspiracy theorists were absolutely right in virtually everything that they said uh, about a lot of this stuff that was going on with the COVID misinformation and that sort of thing. But you are correct, Arya. Uh, the anti-vax side, not all of them, but there are some people who will stretch the truth and who will not tell the, the whole truth. Well, about- have, some people have a narrative to perpetuate and maybe they get their facts wrong or maybe they're just mistaken or maybe they're outright malicious, but these things propagate. And then they get spread on Facebook, and they get spread on YouTube and Twitter, and then they they only they end up in YouTube videos, and it only gets worse from there. It just sort of snowballs. Mm-hmm. Thank you uh, for the call tonight. Appreciate you bringing all that up here. Uh, the number is 603-283-6160. That's think, 603-283-6160. I think people just like to be really scared of things. I, I just think, uh, I don't know, just with the vaccines, even if they are really hurting people, my kind of thought about it is to just be positive and you know you know it can't hurt you if you didn't take it and the only thing that sucks about it is like some of your loved ones may have taken it and all you can do is try to tell them to eat healthily and exercise and they're probably be less likely to get hurt there's something wrong with this with this widespread idea that the vaccines are killing people or hurting people or whatever that's that People aren't dropping dead of the vaccine in the streets. They have the the anti-vax people. They have the same problem that the anti-COVID people have, and that the streets aren't filling with bodies of people who died from getting this vaccine. Sure, some people are dying, but some people mm-hmm. also died of COVID nineteen. Yeah. So I mean, supposedly people died in in all the, these cases, but the, they have the same problem. They're not acknowledging that. Oh, yeah, maybe we freaked out a little. Maybe there's not a plot to destroy the human genome with this vaccine. Well, when you say people aren't dying in the streets, you mean they're not dying regularly in the streets because they're it, dying less than people died during COVID-19 from what I can tell. How do we know? I mean, we don't see it. Right. Right. Well, I said from what I can videos. tell. There's videos of people just keeling over 
online. There's these. Uh, I saw one of a news reporter the other day just keeling over, and then there's. Uh, we other- saw those out of China as well. Prior to the outbreak of COVID nineteen, the the Doctor Chen YouTube mm-hmm. channel was or Telegram channel was leaking videos from people who were dying spontaneously in China. Yes, and that that sparked it's, a lot of fears around catching COVID nineteen. I was one of them, and then I realized that these videos were probably just fake. But in this case, these aren't faked videos. These are videos of people who did get the vaccine, who in some cases are in the middle of promoting the vaccine, like the comedian uh, that was joking about it and she she keels over. And then there apparently was uh, another video of some politician blathering on about the vaccine and she keels over. I mean, and, and these aren't like 80 year old people, right? Like these right. are people who are, are relatively young age. The other thing so, is just the injuries. Like Nikki said uh, during the end of 2020 or the beginning of 2021 when she was still a nurse before she quit uh that she would ask her doctor like how many people are in the covid unit right now and be like two but they were overflowing with people like more people than have had ever been there because of myocarditis strokes young people who have to get their arm cut off because of you know blood issues like stuff that has never been so prolific Mm -hmm. maybe they didn't die but yeah, um, and and who knows, you know what this this stuff actually is. Of course, the mRNA technology—they're editing your genes basically through these shots, and God knows what the actual intention uh, of that stuff is. I did see something recently, and I, I guess I didn't make a note about it, but essentially the story was that there's no evidence at all that COVID nineteen vaccinations have affected the deaths from COVID. I believe it. So they they, they charted <laughs> as funny as it is. Yeah, they charted the you know the uh, I guess the total number of deaths. Right. So over time, the chart yeah. continues to go up. You would expect it to go down after the admission of the vaccine or and at the least adoption. dip. Yeah. Right. Like n- maybe not go down because people are still going to keep catching it. Right. Like maybe. The, so it was just a total number. Right. Like so it wasn't a it wasn't a by the months. It was a cumulative number. So the cumulative oh, okay. number is going to keep going up. But what they showed was the cumulative number was t- continuing to go up at the same rate. Even when the vaccinations came out, so they show on the chart when the vaccinations started, and it just keeps up, keeps going up at the same rate. So if the vaccinations were effective or even somewhat effective, you would expect the rate to dip at least so, a little bit, yeah. right? At least one yeah. percent. No, nope. <laughs> and and that suggests that maybe this vaccination is something else. It that could the conspiracy be. theorists have been suggesting. But what it is it remains unknown. And it's certainly that's not right. that they're trying to kill everyone or anything like that because it's just not very effective that's at not doing, doing that. that. Yeah, that's true. COVID-19 is not killing everyone and the vaccine isn't killing everyone either. Right. Right. That has been my uh, thought process about the vaccine recently because during the whole unknown period when they were just promoting it and people were just starting to get it, I was starting, I, I, would, I would always think if it's just to kill everyone, why would they do that? Because only the obedient people are taking it. Lots of people have brought that up. And it's a mm. question that is very valid. Um, you wouldn't want to kill the obedient. You would want to kill those of us who did not. You would want right. to immunize those people against some future disease that you would unleash that would kill us who did not get the vaccine. Exactly. I agree. So what I've been thinking recently is just that it's some kind of thing that will edit your genes to where they can do something, roll out something else in the future. Like uh, in the SpongeBob movie, I've thought about this a lot in relation to the vaccine. Uh, I don't know what year this came out. I was like less than 10. But the SpongeBob movie, uh, Plankton, the bad guy who owns a restaurant across from SpongeBob's restaurant, comes out with a brilliant idea to finally get customers because he never had customers because SpongeBob's restaurant, Krusty Krab, was better. So he starts uh, selling little tiny uh, hats with each 
burger, like a Happy Meal. Okay. And it makes everybody like line up to go get a chum bucket. That's the Plankton's restaurant. So he gives them free samples. Is that right? Did, uh, did no, I follow that correctly? He gives them hats. So it's like a it's like a free hat slash you know like toy okay. that comes with. And everybody's walking around wearing the hats, and they're so proud of their hats, and they make fun of each other for not getting the hat yet and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then one day, uh, Plankton. He's like an evil scientist, too. He has this satellite thing that comes out of the chum bucket, and he presses a button. All the hats uh, start mind-controlling all the people at once. And you're saying this could be done with like, the vaccination? If people's vax- or genes have now been edited to be able to receive some signal from, you know, space, and whenever somebody presses a button, it starts telling them all to do a thing, you know. I mean, that's it sounds kind of science fiction to me, but uh, I mean, until until, you know, a week ago, I would have said that having your legs uh, lengthened in surgery was science Mm, fiction. Yeah, but we've since learned that that's a medical possibility. What else is a medical possibility? And and the elites, I mean, in in as much as there are elites, the Bilderberg Group, we know that there are some sort of ultra rich, wealthy people out there who want to control the world right now. They exist. They would, they would be the type of person to spend massive amounts of money figuring out exactly how to control the entire population. Mm-hmm. And you, you're obviously, well, you'll never control the entire population, right? Right. So you kill the ones that you can't control. Mm-hmm. And they know that. Sure. They, these are evil people. They say evil things like this all the time. They've got to be working on it. Oh, that's what the government schools are for. Right? Like yeah. that's, that's what they've been doing for over a hundred years. And maybe the vaccination is some other next step in, in that whole process. What it'll lead to, I, I don't know. It seems to me that they, they always play the long game. Yeah. So we wouldn't see it now. Mm-hmm. No, but, uh, but 50 years from now, people will realize the ramifications. Well, people won't realize the ramifications. But 50 years from now, the ramifications of the COVID-19 vaccine will really be propagated throughout all of society, I guess, is the way I'm Looking to say it. If you want to join the show here and share what you think is going on, the number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Since we were talking about AI-related things, uh, there's a story here from thehill.com that a lot of people apparently prefer robots over humans. Yeah, humans give them anxiety. I can see this entirely. Right? Right. You, you give somebody the option of chatting with a bot to, call, to fix their customer service issue or mm-hmm. talking with an actual human. I suspect most people under the age of 30, at least, are going to choose the bot. I wouldn't because I've dealt with bots before and I know how – well, humans on the other – the customer service humans on the other end are just as stupid as the bots. They're really just reading the script as well. That so can be true. I, I don't know if I would really pre- – I would say the human off of instinct, but as I think more about it, I'm like – that you're just dealing with an unthinking automaton anyway, so... I would say if it's something simple, like uh, a lot of times with my bank, if it's something really simple, I'll just use the bot because it's easier and I don't have to... Well, it's not, I don't know why. I just, for some reason, wouldn't want to talk to a human if I didn't have to. But if I if it's something like, I got to explain this to someone, then I want to talk to a human. Mm-hmm. Is it because a spot can re- a bot can respond immediately and you know you're not inconveniencing anyone? You're not putting any work on anyone by getting this bot to respond to you instantly? Because I think that's probably part of my concern with it. Right? A human has to generate an email and respond to me. A bot can do it instantly. It, it means nothing to the bot, but a human has to actually sit down and spend some amount of time working on the problem.
Well, it's their job. I mean, it doesn't bother me to have somebody do their job. That kind of does me. All right, there's more coming up here at 603-283-6160. If they're not doing the job, then a robot sure as hell will uh, in the future. There's more coming up, though. Uh, do you prefer dealing with robots over actual human beings? It's Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. You can join the show here and bring up whatever you want. Question on the table at the moment, uh, according to thehill.com, is being answered every day by people is, are you more comfortable dealing with a robot than dealing with an actual human being? Whether it be needing help on a telephone line or maybe in real life at a grocery checkout, which is what they're going to bring up here uh, to start the story, with you in the studio tonight, it's Ian. It's Bonnie. And Aria. Don't forget, you can join us online anytime over at freetalklive.com, and you can support the show in a variety of different ways. Of course, one of the easiest ones is to share what we do. In fact, we've got our TikTok channel over at tiktok.freetalklive.com, where on occasion when we feel so moved, uh, we'll put some sort of video clip up there for you, and if you like it, then share it out as you wish. Uh, Of course, we're going to be there probably until we get bored with it or until TikTok gets bored with us and bans uh, our channel. So for now, it's there over at tiktok.freetalklive.com. All right, so here's the story from The Hill. Uh, This was written by Roger Cacchetti. This is an opinion piece. I'm thinking more about this basic idea, too, that people would just generally prefer to chat with an AI. And it's also got something to do with like, there, there's a certain expectation with a human that I have to, and I don't have to, but I should, and I need to, and I want to acknowledge their, the fact that they're an emotional existing being as well. Mm-hmm. Like, if I'm sitting there on, you know, Sprint's website or something, I get some annoying chat message, hey, do you need help or whatever? I just Which go, is obviously not a person. Right. I go, go away, you stupid bot, and I just close the stupid mm-hmm. thing. But what if there was some human on the other end who sent you that message? Suddenly, everything's changed, and you feel terrible. <laughs> yeah, they're upset now. Yeah. And you're like, I, I can't just close out of that and not, not, not acknowledge this person's existence. I was just That's trying to help. Up, right. <laughs> so, so you chat back, oh, yeah, I'm fine. Or whatever. like the, when you go into a store and the cashier's mm-hmm. like, hey, do you need anything help? Yeah, that, that. You want to say, go away, you stupid idiot. I right. never want to say that. No, but if it was an AI, you'd be like, shut up, AI, I got this. Or okay, you well, would just ignore its existence. But you can't do that with a human. I see what not you're saying. when they just say hi, but when they say Hello, let me know if you need anything. Over here, we have th- uh, these things with these red tags on. I'm just like, oh my God, why? That just almost never happens. That happens in clothing stores. It doesn't oh, happen okay. in like gas stations. Gotcha. Uh, so here's a story from The Hill. It was a busy weekend at the local supermarket and lines were forming at the checkout. Around half a dozen people lined up at the automated checkout registers when I noticed there was no line at the checkout where a human cashier was waiting. When a a customer approached the checkout area, they scanned the options and decided to wait in line for the automated checkout. That's got to be an anomaly, though, because I go to these places all the time, and if they're, I'm going to use whichever one's open, man. Sure, I get, I get you. If they're both full, I'll definitely go to the uh, robots because it's usually faster. But if um, you know humans open and the robots are full, then I'm definitely going to go to the human. And I and I agree with Arya. It's what I see happening. That tends to be what I see as well, but this person observed something different, and who knows, it doesn't say which city they're in, but it may be a city person thing more so than It could elsewhere. be a city, and maybe it was a thing with this particular store, this particular cashier or whatever. Maybe they had a history of bad customer service. <laughs> I, I don't know. I just know in my experience, 
people don't care that much. They care far more about getting in and out than they do about, oh, God forbid, I talk to a human being. You don't well, really have to talk to a cashier. In this case, uh, he actually spoke to the customer, the person who was looking, the person who, again, was seeing this situation, seeing there's half a dozen people waiting for the automated checkout and absolutely no one in the human checkout. The person asked the, that particular customer, he says, I couldn't resist asking the, asking the customer why they chose to wait for a machine instead of getting immediate service from a human. Their response carries an important message for the future of artificial intelligence and the robots it enables. Quote, I don't want them, the human cashier is what they mean, looking at everything that I'm buying and I don't care for their opinions of what I'm getting. Don't worry, you're, you're already getting your uh, receipts tracked and everything by the robots, and they will know what you're buying. I've dealt with sure. this once at one store on one occasion where like, the cashier remarked on every item, like, oh, buying some Oreos. <laughs> Someone's having a stack. It's like, look, oh, just, God. just stop doing that really? right now. Yes. I've only encountered it wow. once in my entire life yeah. of shopping, and <laughs> it was awful. And I've got, if it ever happened again, I would never have gone back. And if that in my first shopping experience, absolutely. But that that cannot be common. Both of you react like you've never encountered it. No, no I've, I've only encountered that. it that once. Yeah, that's somebody who does not know how to professionally check out customers. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, you just don't do that sort no. of thing. But this person did, and that's what they're talking about. I don't want this person looking at my stuff and judging it. But that's not what cashiers do. Well, I'm, I've seen positive comments, right? Like I've seen, like, oh, I tried this recently and it was really good, right? I've, like something like that. When I've, I was I've seen that. a cashier at Walmart, sometimes. Well, I wasn't really a cashier, but I'd have to do it some, sometimes. Um, I was always really bored and talking. I would try to talk to the ones that seemed open to it. Mm-hmm. And uh, sometimes I would just be like, is this good? Or something like that. Yeah. Or like, how do you use this? But you wouldn't ask it about like a feminine hygiene product no. or condoms or something, right? Like this, there's certain questions that you're, you're just not going to ask. But it's, I don't think it's a problem for somebody to say, oh, have you tried that flavor in lemon? You know, that that's that happens. Sure. And that's fine. Or I'll just, I would just be like, oh, I like these. These are really good. But yeah, I wouldn't be like... <laughs> Like you said, getting... Oh, Magnum condoms, huh? Okay. (laughs) Uh, So while surveys on automated checkouts are limited, or sorry, are limited and diverse, whatever that means, uh, it's clear that people are divided in their views toward robot cashiers. Sounds like an article that was written by an artificial (laughs) intelligence, actually. It's like, although there's this negative thing, there's also this positive thing, and Uh, we're going to be completely neutral here and hedge our bets in every direction so that we don't offend anyone. That's exactly what they do. The surveys are simultaneously limited and diverse. Okay. Well, anyway, about a third of people, according to the various surveys that are being done, prefer robot automated checkout over humans for various reasons. Similarly, bank ATMs, also robot tellers in a sense, have been widespread for half a century, but were preferred by some from the outset and are preferred over human tellers by a wide margin today. Perhaps, more, of course, the the ATM isn't going to ask you any invasive questions about why you're getting money out of your account. But the bank like teller that. will. That's, that, right. that's their job to. Yeah. It's not like the cashier at the store that's their job not to. The right. bank teller is supposed to ask. Yeah, I hate going to the bank even just, you know, to do something really simple because I I would just wait. If I can go to an ATM, I would way rather go to an ATM than a teller because of exactly that. Like, I just care. I mean, I don't know. I'm just a private person. It's well, that weird. makes sense, right? Yeah. That, that makes sense. Well, the case. teller always acts like you did something wrong. Right. Or like yeah. you're doing something wrong. 59%, according to a recent survey of New Yorkers, showed while most preferred, 
preferred more thorough traffic enforcement. 59% prefer speed cameras over human police officers. And 65% of blacks and 74% of Latinos preferred robot speed cops over human traffic police. That makes sense because the speed camera is never going to throw you out of your car and beat you. Yeah. Yeah. Right? So It's I also not that. going to you know, give you a ticket because you're black while ignoring the white dude who doesn't True. get a ticket. It's clear that a substantial element of the public prefers to deal with robots instead of human cashiers, tellers, and cops. While some of this has to do with minimizing time consumed, some has to do with the obvious fact that humans are opinionated, while machines often leave the impression that they're not. In reality, while the shopper I interviewed preferred the robot cashier over the human because they believed the machine would have no memory or opinion, many readers will immediately scoff that the robot cashier actually keeps a closer watch on the customer than does the human, and the robot never forgets. I know that it keeps a closer watch on the human, but I don't believe that it can have an opinion like, oh, you're eating Oreos? Mm. Somebody's snacking. I don't I don't think it... Or maybe it, it's, a possi- it's a possibility in technology. I don't think they give it to the checkout robots. No, and it doesn't display a message even if it does oh, yeah. know, have an awareness. No, but this is why they want you to use that stupid CVS card that doesn't actually give you any sort of discount. And if mm-hmm. it does, it's like 10 cents off every $25 or something completely negligible. They want to track it got so yeah. bad in like 2019. It used to be a lot better. They used to like give you, I don't know what they were called, but like CVS Yes. Oh, wait, I'm thinking of Walgreens. Well, it's all of these places. Oh, they all have some sort of membership program, and it's just so they can create a database of yeah. things that you buy. Absolutely. Right. I think so, too. Nonetheless, machines can leave a different impression, nor would it be surprising if we learned the victims of Nazi oppression or of Jim Crow would have preferred presumably neutral robot police to bigoted human police. This phenomenon of some people preferring robots, in this case, apparently an apparently neutral robot over an opinionated human becomes more important as we enter an era of AI-enabled robots. And it may partly explain why AI-enabled robots enjoy public support, despite warning from prominent figures ranging from Henry Kissinger to former Google boss Eric Schmidt about the risks of unfettered AI. What did Henry Kissinger say about it? No idea. If someone suspects that uh, opinionated humans in authority intend to do them or their family harm, then that person will probably prefer an apparently neutral AI-enabled robot over an obviously bigoted human. It makes me sad, though, that people can't think outside of that paradigm and just think, oh, we shouldn't be punished for going a little over the speed limit by, uh, you know, cops that are human or cops that are robot. As we recently saw in San Francisco, however, when a robot is equipped to physically harm a human, uh, an entirely different set of public attitudes emerge. In this case, local police officials and officers propose to use armed robots to violently deal with suspects in situations where human police officers and civilians would be in imminent danger. Let me guess, there was extreme pushback against this idea, and they quickly abandoned it because they realized, oh, we're trying to build Terminators, and it turns out people don't want Terminators. Yeah, we actually talked about that story when it happened here on Free Talk Live. I don't know if they abandoned it, though. I think it actually passed, if well, I recall correctly, well, in San Francisco. Uh, I could see why people would be more upset about that because of what we were talking about earlier, about robots not having an emotional... Like a, a human, you might be able to be like, look, don't don't kill... I mean, they're cops. They're automatons. But you might be able to be like, dude, don't kill me. I'll put the gun down, chill out. But a robot might just be like, threat... Threat perceived, shoot, you know. And maybe you're in the right. 
You know, maybe maybe this cop just wants to kill you. Maybe you're not holding a weapon, so you, so you have to escape that situation. And people are like, well, that could never happen. It could happen. This cop is going to kill you. You're not holding a weapon. Your only way of surviving is to escape this situation, is to overpower this cop and get the hell out with your life. And then you can argue with some reasonable cop, but this one's convinced that you have a gun and he's going to kill you. Mm. If it's a robot, you're dead. You're not beating that robot in any sort of physical competition. The odds may be low with the cop, but there's zero with a robot. The story goes on and gets into kind of uh, robots for military purposes, pointing out that, of course, robots never get tired, right? They don't complain. They don't mind being out in the elements, that sort of thing. This is why we don't want them. This is why movies like Terminator and stuff like that, where there's a a war against the machines, is such nonsense. They'll they'll never tire. Those robots, they don't stop chasing you. They don't miss their targets. They'll annihilate humans, and that's the end of it. And that's why it, 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 will, like- it will take them minutes. Although there's no agreed definition of AI, almost all involved today would, like, would agree that AI involves some type of machine learning in which a computer-like device is able to, by itself, adjust to evolving conditions by taking those conditions into account and responding to the changed conditions. By this type of definition, nearly all remote-controlled robots and drones are evolving into autonomous robots, if for no other reason than that human commanders, officials, and executives conclude that in net, robots cost less than humans. As they do, the reasons why some people will prefer a robot to a person will become more pronounced and more controversial. And we are entering an era where people are being put into a situation, and most of it is through their own choice, but also because of the things they're being offered to choose from. Uh, we have young people who don't interact with one another anymore. They're more likely to be on an app uh, purportedly with other people, but eventually who's to know if the other people are actually robots that they're interacting with or or AI on these apps. We have the government locking people up in their own homes in 2020 and 2021 with the excuse of COVID, but taking that idea of being alone kind of to the next level, giving people the excuse to not have to go into work anymore, which I'm not criticizing per se. I think for some people that's the right thing to do is to be able to work from home. It's certainly more convenient than you know <laughs> driving 45 minutes or whatever in city traffic uh, to an office and then having to drive back at the end of the day. So I'm not saying across the board that this is a bad thing, but a lot of that did lead to people leading even more solitary lives than ever before. And humans who are not interacting with other humans on a regular basis or even an irregular basis, are also going to be more likely to choose an automated checkout, to choose robot solutions instead of uh, a human option. And as that, as things shift more in that direction, the human options will lessen over time, and the robotic AI well, aren't they listening? Are, are we watching this happening? Where like uh, every store now has at least one automated checkout, and a I lot think of the, the only ones that they don't even have a. I mean, they have a cashier there working, but they're mm-hmm. not at the register. I think the only one that doesn't is Market Basket. At least as far as grocers around here, they don't have any. They're all human. Hmm. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I guess so. Yeah, but but Hannaford's got it big yep. time. They've taken half of their. Uh, we're talking about regional grocery stores, by the way. Uh, they've taken at least half of their uh, checkouts and turned that into an automated checkout. Back when I sure. worked at a commissary, which is a on-base um, grocery store on military bases, when I worked at a commissary um, that was on a very small military base, we had one human checkout mm-hmm. and two robot checkouts. And I would see people all the time, especially young people uh, would, would come and they would look and see their options. They're all completely uh, empty 
because there's like not that many people there mm-hmm. and they go go to the Automated. robot like almost every single time. Yep. I don't know if part of that is because the baggers worked for only tips and some people are just like, I don't want to pay somebody to uh, bag my groceries. Could be. That, economic. That's fair. Could be an economic incentive. Yeah. De- definitely the bigger baskets, they would go to the human most of the time. But mm-hmm. if they just had the option, nobody in line um, more than half of the time. And this was in 26. No, that this was in like 2014. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They would always choose the robot. He says, we're entering an era in which the use of AI-enabled robots, whether they're labeled drones, autonomous vehicles, or updated supermarket checkout machines, will be widespread because some people prefer such robots to humans for economic, social, personal, military, or other reasons, while other people strenuously object to dealing with such robots. And I think that we are seeing that, right? Like, there are definitely... Uh, groups of people now maybe it is more younger people that are more likely to use a robot i i wonder what the demographic breakdowns are of these surveys when they talk to people about using automated checkouts i would be willing to bet that younger people more so than older folks are more willing to use the automated checkout now whether that has to do with uh an elderly person's perceived inability to operate the checkout they may not like computers i'm sure that's a factor i think it's very much that because i was just thinking about the reality that so many of these places like walmart hannaford's market basket not market basket but they have 20 30 cashier lines right but none of them ever have cashiers working you go into walmart Mm -hmm. they've got 20 lanes but maybe three of them are open with actual human beings People right. get frustrated. They start looking for alternative solutions. They go, well, I guess I'll try this self-checkout instead of waiting in line for an hour. And then they sure. try, and they're like, well, that wasn't, wasn't so, so bad. bad. Yeah. So this reality where people are preferring robots, these very companies created it. They're incentivizing the robots. Yeah. Well, which makes sense because they don't want to pay a person, right? The robot just sits there. And yeah, you got to fix it when it breaks on occasion, but you only have to pay one person to do that instead of the 10 cashiers that uh, that area might replace. What is it? When you go to the Walmart here in Keene, it's at least, I think, six or seven or eight different checkout uh, self-checkout areas in sort of this roundabout. I think so. And, and one person that goes around and fixes things yeah. when error screens pop yeah. up. They got the one person there to, yep. uh, to eyeball it. Meanwhile, they do have actual cashiers there, usually two or three that I've seen. Mm-hmm. Scattered around throughout the 20, 25 lanes that, are, that should be open, that could be open. But no, Walmart... Got rid of those employees and put in these self-checkouts. So we started using them, and now they're like, hey, it turns out everyone prefers these. Well, maybe, or maybe you just took away all of the other options. Well, I definitely would say I prefer the robots, to be honest. Unless I have a whole bunch of groceries, which only really happens at uh, Mark Basket. But if I have a whole bunch of groceries, I don't want to go through the robots. But if I only have, like, one basket full or less then i definitely prefer the robots it's just uh, just a personal thing because it's faster not because i'm like i don't want to talk to a human being you don't even really have to talk to cashiers they that's usually- my point if they had 30 lanes open if there were 30 different people and there weren't any lines it wouldn't be any faster to go there yeah. probably would be slower to go mm-hmm. to a self-checkout because the human that who works there is going to be better at it than you are they're going to know how to use that user interface faster and more efficiently that's a good point. So th- if it was just as fast, I don't know which opinion I would have. If you want to join the show, maybe you're working in one of these industries and you get to see this all day long. Because we only get to see it when we're there. Yeah. You know, when we're walking up to the front of the store, we observe what the, the situation is and we make our decision based on that. Uh, but if you're in there all day and you get to see how customers are behaving generally, feel free to uh, to call in the number 603-283-6160. That's 603 603- 283 283-6160. But I mean, the, 
the writing's on the wall here. We know this is the direction things are going. It wasn't, what, two or so weeks ago that Fort Worth, Texas, there's a McDonald's there that they've now turned into an automated drive through window, meaning that there's an actual conveyor belt that will just simply roll your food right on over to you at the window for you to pick up. So it makes it even less appetizing to me. Yeah, doesn't it? Even though you know that the people in the restaurant could be dropping hairs and, you know, they're spitting in the food or whatever, right? Things like that do happen. Uh, but the robot itself is, is actually turning you off from eating the food. It makes it seem more like it's like plastic or factory made yeah, food. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I, I don't eat McDonald's right now, so I wouldn't. It's not appetizing to me. But if it was like my favorite restaurant and I could have a person back there or just a conveyor belt deliver it to me, I don't think the conveyor belt is going to be as appealing. I, I don't know. The whole concept of McDonald's is unappealing. I, <laughs> sure, sure. They, they realize. And I, I have a friend who like eats there at least once a week. I, I'm convinced he eats there multiple times a week, but and he insists tell you. he only eats there once a week. I'm like, <laughs> okay, whatever. But I, I just don't understand how a person does it. It's it's so disgusting. Yeah. Everything about it is disgusting. It's designed to be as inoffensive, as plain and ordinary as possible. Let's go to the phones here. Uh, we got somebody on the line. You're, uh, what's your name, caller? Hello. Yeah, my name is Ian. You're on the air. Yeah, I was just calling about the, uh, the self-checkout thing. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so, I mean... I'm not saying all people are like this, but definitely some people are. Uh, you know, a lot of people are stealing from these places. Mm-hmm. And so with the cashiers, you don't have a problem with stealing. But uh, with the self-checkouts and all that, there's definitely more of a chance for everyone to be not scanning things. And, I mean, they even have an excuse because they're not trained. They're not they're not cashiers. That's a good point. I I didn't think about this at all because there've been lots of people, even people that I knew that were just like, I didn't scan this uh, on purpose. Caller, are you someone who works in the industry? No, I just, I, I've been listening to what you guys have been saying about these, uh, you know, the automated systems and stuff like that. And it just makes sense to me, you know, with, uh, very easy for especially older people who aren't used to it to miss scan things mm-hmm. and then even people that have you know they're trying to steal they're just going to not scan things and sure and sometimes mistakes happen one time i went to walmart and i bought some allergy meds and they ended up at the bottom of the basket and it wasn't until i you know was emptying out the basket you know two hours at later after I, yeah out of my car that i was mm-hmm. like oh i forgot to bring those up they were like 97 cents so it's not like walmart lost a lot of money or anything like that but it was just a genuine honest mistake yeah. Well, okay, so here's what I would say to that is, I mean, I have I have worked in retail, and back when I worked in retail, it was before, long before this, this technology actually transpired, but, you know, cashiers will steal from you as well. I mean, it's important to point out that, that employee theft is a real problem, uh, not so much that they might be lifting uh, cash out of the drawer, because they usually get caught doing that, but, you know, employees have stolen and will likely steal into the future. So if you get rid of employees, you get rid of employee theft at the very least. And secondly, they do have, most stores do have a monitoring employee in that area. And now to be fair, if you're one guy, like we mentioned, the Walmart here in in town has, I feel like, six to eight checkouts. 
all and they in, have one person overseeing it and yeah. there's one person so it's going to be hard for that one person to be paying attention to every single cart and looking to see oh excuse me ma'am you left this in the you know the bottom of your cart now obviously if somebody sticks something in their purse then they're not going to be able to to, to know that that's there uh, at all <laughs> and the uh, other day i i uh, went to walmart with my dog coconut and the lady that was supposed to be overseeing the self-checkout spent the entire time i was checking out petting coconut and talking about him and like, sure. Oh, can I pet him? And so she wasn't looking at the other people's cards. I didn't think about it at the time. And I don't think that that's. And, and again, this would be a question for somebody that works in the business. I would I would suggest that that is not the main purpose of that person. That person's there to make sure that you know error screens coming up are dealt with and and that kind of thing. They're not so much watching because they know that most customers are honest and they're going to act in a, an honest manner. The dishonest and not ones. To, like you're trained. If somebody steals, you don't like stop them physically what are they going to do they don't want to get themselves in a dangerous situation you don't want to tackle someone because they're stealing generally you don't i have seen people be detained in the past when i was working well uh, when i worked at like walmart everywhere that i've worked with a stealing component they will tell you like if somebody's stealing take notes about or take mental notes about them but do not approach them do not try to stop them because it's like not worth your specifically life. it was the lost control guy who would do it it wouldn't oh, just yeah. be some random uh person That's a good point. but hey thanks for the call appreciate hearing from you here tonight the number is 603-283-6160 uh, and most of the people who are going to steal have probably already pocketed the thing that they're going to steal before they get to the checkout so having the person looking for that isn't likely going to do that much but if you want to weigh in feel free to join us our three's coming up Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live, and you can join us here. You can bring up whatever you want. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Kicking off the third hour here tonight, it's Ian. It's Bonnie. And Aria. Join us online anytime you want. Head over to freetalklive.com and enjoy the features that we have there for you for free. Archives going back for many years, all for free at freetalklive.com. We're going to go right back into your calls and thoughts. And then coming up, uh, yet another guy is making it public that he is now dating, quote-unquote, a sex doll. Is this an AI sex doll? No. No. Okay, so it's, it's just, just a... a sex doll. Okay. Uh, but those See, because I, I can understand when the world comes, one day there's going to be sex robots. There, with the shirt, yeah, it's not far. And they'll be able to have a conversation with you to some extent. And one day they'll be able to have a complete conversation with mm-hmm. you. And I could understand, I'm not sure I would get behind it, but I could understand someone having a relationship with one of these things that is designed to mimic an actual human being. Maybe you can't actually get with a human being for whatever reason. I don't know. It's not my place to judge. Maybe you just like the idea. I don't care. But we're not there yet. This is just an inanimate object. Yes, yes. We'll get into this. And even this. if they put like the AIs that exist now into a sex doll, it would be so boring. <laughs> sure. We can't do that. That would be offensive. So we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll talk like about that? that. But first, we're going to go to your I phone no calls opinion. and thoughts. Uh, we go to Sarah in New Mexico. Go ahead, Sarah. Yes, I, I was quite shocked that the country of Mexico, they're going to be banning smoking out on the beaches and all of the hotels wow. uh, and all of the public places. I, I'm just completely astonished. Why? Well, Sarah loves that. Yeah, but are you going well, to Mexico? I, you know, 
calling in because I love it. You got it. You you got it. I'm an anti-smoker. I want them to stop smoking outside. Well, good news, Sarah. They're going to die eventually. Yeah, but not soon enough for her benefit, right? Because people are still going to keep smoking unless they just all of a sudden stop in Generation Z completely. Sarah, are you going to Mexico? Well, the the thing is that... uh, uh, no, but I hear a lot. Well, now wait a minute, they- wait a minute, Sarah. Now we've had people call in to offer you to buy you a ticket to China. We've had people offer to buy you a ticket to Cuba, and you've turned it down, and you've turned it down. And and, and to some extent, I could understand it's a far travel, right? Like you've got to get on a plane or a ship or something like that, and you've got to get it's it's a lot of work to. Those get are to- intimidating when you're a 65 year old narcissist socialist who's never done anything productive in your life. She's in her 50s. Oh, whatever. But uh, <laughs> but 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 the, no, we're just talking about Mexico, and you live in like New five hours Mexico, away or something? right? You're in Albuquerque, so you could hop on a Greyhound bus and be there in like I don't know half a day. Well, I, I feel most comfortable with the state where we got the most government handout and most people that are disabled. You can't be true. real. There, there's well, no, yeah, there's no I way mean, she's so a real person. She would lose here. her handouts. I, I don't have to go. I, why do I have to go to another country when I live in a socialist state? We have the most government help. She's not wrong. <laughs> I, I know, but you have me convinced, Sarah, Everyone through most of our interactions with you. But then you say stuff like that. I'm like, okay, this person is absolutely just playing a character. And you've been playing it really, really well. For a decade. Yeah. But She's you, been calling forever. You slipped up just now. I mean, there, there's no way an actual welfare whore who's 50 years old and who's lived off the state their entire life would, would characterize themselves in those terms. It just wouldn't happen. Well, we get the most handouts here. Yeah. Well, she didn't call herself well, yeah, a welfare whore. Uh, we don't want to get bullied. All the kids get bullied. So everybody gets free lunch, and that's what our governor is going to do. I mean, I, I used to get $50 EBT. Now I get $350 a month. Oh, yeah. I mean, so, yeah, I'm perfectly happy. I don't have to go to another country. I live in but New Mexico. But people smoke in Mexico. New Mexico. Right? But people's... Why can I go to Mexico when I live in New Mexico? Obviously, she's just, she's... I think she just gets this idea from Mexico and wants to bring it to New Mexico. Yeah, obviously, she wants... she's willing to put up with a little bit of smoke at the bus stop in order to get her $350 a month EBT. Well, thing was, I, I know the reason why they're doing this in Mexico is that they have a lot of um, tropical zone and a lot of uh, resorts, right? Los Cabos, I hear about... That's not the reason they're doing the it. They're doing it because it's political. That's all. They're just... It, it's actually like really to me it was shocking when I learned this from uh somebody who's actually from Mexico that they're like really really conservative like oh You heard about this news? You mean? No. Oh okay. And I'm saying it it was shocking to me when I learned that the people of Mexico are generally extremely conservative in the in the sense that we would think of it. Mm-hmm. I don't think they use the same, you know, terms like that. Yeah. But like, you know, they're, an- they're very anti- Catholic. Like, doing drugs yeah. and stuff like that. Like the average person, obviously not like the cartel, but like, mm-hmm. so I could totally see them like being like, oh yeah, we need to get rid of cigarettes for the kids and stuff Yeah, like this that. isn't about just resorts, Sarah. I, I you, When you mentioned this, when you called in during the break, I, I went ahead and I pulled it up. This is big news today. This is, I mean, this is an international uh, story. Right. Uh, Mexico has banned smoking in public in one of the world's strictest anti-tobacco laws. So you will only be allowed to smoke cigarettes 
in your own home. Yeah, this is messed up. I mean, one of the Mark likes to talk about how it's perfectly okay to discriminate against him for being a felon, and that's messed up, right? Mm -hmm. But uh, felons get in line behind what they do to smokers. Smokers Smokers are one hundred percent discriminated against. You're not even allowed to treat it like it's actually an addiction. It's not an addiction. It's just a filthy habit. That's what everyone says. It's just a filthy habit. It's an addiction that's killing them, and they would stop it if they could. Oh boy! According to the story here at the New York Daily News. It is called the General Law for Tobacco Control Reform. It took effect on Sunday, so this is happening now. It also prohibits businesses from promoting, advertising, or sponsoring tobacco products, including putting them on display for sale. The law expands, so they'll still have them for sale, but you will have to go in and ask for them. So they won't have, like, it won't show you what's there. And this reminds me of uh, something that happened when I was in. Uh, the one time I went to Canada back in like 2007, 2008, before I became prohibited uh, to go to Canada as I am right now. But when you went into a convenience store there, there were no cigarettes on like like behind the counter, like normally what you would see in an American convenience yeah. store. If you wanted to buy cigarettes, they would give you a binder and you could look through the binder, which had images of all of the brands and types of cigarettes that they had for sale. What's the point of this? It's to keep them out of the sight of children or whoever it is that's, you know, that's in the store, right? That's exactly uh-huh, what's going to be happening good. in Mexico. Why is that good, Sarah? Well, I, I mean, but I'm, I'm that, I mean, it's good because I don't want the secondhand smoke and it's bad for kids. Are you in but Mexico? I'm kind of baffled with this whole Mexico. I'm, I'm kind of baffled because in Mexico, it used to be anything goes. I mean, it used to be... Apparently not anymore. Okay, but you're not in Mexico, so how you're not going to be pulling in any secondhand smoke from the people in Mexico. So what do you care? Why does this affect you, and how is it a good thing for you? Well, I mean, I just hope that all of this gets washed over to, to New Mexico. Hopefully that we, you know, hopefully whatever happens elsewhere, it always, everybody copies along with it. And then I'm a great supporter. I'm bringing this up because I want this to happen here. I don't know. I think she's real. I, I still think she's real. I think she truly is a true welfare believer if and a true social. Oh well, I I could see her being an actress, but they have not made an AI as uh, responsive as Sarah. I don't think no, she's an actress. Have, I don't think I she's, think she's, she's an AI. I think she's real. Thank you, Sarah, for the call tonight. I appreciate it. I don't know, it could go either way. I mean, through through almost all of our conversations, I think she's real. Even even the ones where she's yeah. completely insane, she's like she's ludicrous. full on. I advocate for the death penalty, and I don't <laughs> care that we're you know going to be killing innocent people. Yeah. Even then, I'm like, okay, see, she's sincere. She's a monster, but she's sincere. But I don't know. She she lost herself. She's just ludicrous. Uh, the, the law expands a 2008 ban on smoking in bars, restaurants, and workplaces. Similar restrictions will fall on e-cigarettes and vaping. So not only are you forbidden from smoking in public places in Mexico, the entire country of Mexico, but you also cannot vape in Mexico in public places. So indoor businesses, outdoor businesses, public sidewalks, public streets, parks, you name it, you cannot consume nicotine-based substances. Now, I don't know if this prohibits marijuana smoking or any kind of uh, fumar, but uh, that is what that's, it's, it's looking really bad right now. You can only be inside of your home to smoke or vape nicotine in Mexico as of, as of this uh, yesterday. Yeah, that's absurd. Get out of Mexico, I guess. Uh, World Health Organization. Remember when Mark was saying Mexico was really free compared to the, the United States? 
Well, he, he describes most, maybe for the freedoms that he's picked as his yeah. favorite freedoms, those are better. But and like, he already quit smoking, so he doesn't yeah. care about this one, right? I quit smoking too, but I still remember what, you know, what the world is doing to people who smoke right. cigarettes and they're third class citizens. Bravo, Mexico, said the World Health Organization Director General Tedros Adhem Ghebreyesus applauding the policy. Whenever the government talks about people's health, the thing that makes me the most annoyed about it is the fact that they promote Lucky Charms over, you know, steak and, steak and eggs and things like that. Like, they don't care about people's health. It's all about control. He said, the WHO welcomes such a bold move on tobacco control. We call on all countries to strengthen the no tobacco policies and help us prevent 8 million deaths every year. No, those said. people are going to die anyway, man. They're just going to die of something else. Well, they could drink themselves to death, I suppose. And they probably will. But that, that's just one of the great myths of people of this whole cigarette smoking thing. We can keep more people alive. No, look, everyone's going to die. Non-smokers die every single day. And you, you can argue whatever case you want, but the people who are dying in car accidents or of alcohol poisoning or whatever, and they happen to smoke, they're not dying of cigarettes. Cigarettes aren't killing everyone who ever smokes. Plenty of them are dying of other stuff. Yeah, and the story goes into a bunch of back padding about why they're so great, etc. But it does point out that Ireland, Greece, Hungary, and Malta all have similarly strict uh, provisions in place. So Mexico wasn't the first, but they are probably the largest of uh, of the country so far to and the have other ones those are all banned. Europe right I think so I'm not sure maybe I, I think know, so a lot of people think like Sarah said oh I thought that Mexico was just like everything goes but like from what I learned it seems like uh, they really want their government to be like law and order like they're they had a president like the same years as Trump that was basically like Mexican Trump mm-hmm. but in his own way and uh in 2013 i think it was they had another law and order type president that basically declared wars on the cartels and there was like a horrible war that year basically between like the police and the cartels and lots and lots of innocent people died and the operation fast and furious under barack obama happened around that time since that time though they have had some mexican presidents and former mexican presidents who have come out against the war on drugs and there has been some motion in mexico uh, towards, at the very least, rolling back the war on marijuana. Uh, so, similarly to here in the United States, although things, as I understand it in Mexico, and please correct me if I'm wrong on this, have to be done at the federal level in regards to that. So I don't know if like the Sinaloa state can act on their own and legalize cannabis like we see happening here in the United States. Uh, but that said, they have done some things in the right direction on the on that front that is to say the the marijuana front but at the same time now they're prohibiting another plant which is uh which is tobacco and i mean it hasn't been completely prohibited you can still purchase it probably from a little book where you look flip through the pages to see and then in uh, canada they also had like the uh the gore images on the the fronts of the cigarette packs of, oh like, good lord somebody like, in the hospital black lungs yeah. and dead babies and things like that on the actual packaging that you would finally receive that's, a, that's just unnecessary man there's no need to be ugly people all right, right? Like, I, I get that you don't want people to smoke and that you you want to warn them about they're gonna die right okay yeah but you don't have to blanket them with graphic horrible grotesque imagery yeah. well the government's the one that does that but yeah they, man- they mandate people. that i remember buying a pack of cigarettes once before i quit smoking i had some insert in it that basically said we're required by the fda to put this in here mm-hmm. and you know 27 percent of people die of emphysema or whatever and i was mm-hmm. like all right do it directly to the trash you didn't have any sort of 
grotesque imagery on it. Thank goodness. Yeah, that's something they do in some countries. And this, again, was Canada 15 years ago. Uh, How about Barrick? Let's go to the phones here. Uh, you're on Free Talk Live. What's your name? It's Richard. Richard. I'm in Albuquerque. You're on the air, sir. Yes. Uh, we have a pro- program here in Albuquerque. I imagine it's all over New Mexico where they just passed a ordinance or some type of mandate it wasn't really a legislative law or anything it was from our governor and they are giving away free lunches and free meals at school now for kids from kindergarten all the way up apparently to either eighth grade or twelfth grade okay well, I mean, if you're going to kidnap schools and make them go to this place, I'm okay with feeding them while they're there. What do you think about this, Richard? Well, I, as long as they they need to have food, I'm for kids doing it. But they set the limits to make kids eligible when their families are making close to eighty, eighty-five thousand dollars a year, which is ridiculous, of course, because the taxpayers are paying for all this, so that's where I draw the line because last year the property taxes on my house I just bought two months ago was over $2,800. So let me clarify what you just said there, Richard. So you're saying that uh, some kids who have wealthy parents you don't think should get the free lunch? Well, no, definitely not, because okay. the parents are probably making more money still than I am a month. I got to upgrade on my military medical disability several months ago, and I'm now making almost $4,600 a month. Well, I mean, okay. So just to clarify, what what should the cutoff be? You're saying some kids should get the free lunch, but others who are more wealthy shouldn't? Yes, definitely, because I would say the cutoff should be equal to what the poverty level here is, which in New Mexico is about $22,000 for mm. a family of four. Yeah, but so, Richard, none of those kids chose to be there, right? They're all held there against the world. Whether they want to be there or not, they're, they're held there and they're, right. they're forced to be there. To me, it's only right, if you're going to hold someone against their will, that you at least feed them. Yeah, and also, well, Richard, I mean, as far as this situation is concerned, are you saying you think every family should have to submit tax paperwork to the government school system and that there should be a huge government school bureaucracy that has to go over? Because now you're talking about hiring more bureaucrats to look over everybody's tax returns to see if they qualify for the the, uh, the free lunch. I mean, isn't that just creating more government? Well, yes, in that respect, yes which is terrible, too, because I worked for the federal government for a total of 11 years in my past employment Mm -hmm. history. And so I'm well familiar with bureaucrats and being on the dole and all of that, of course. But to me, it just seems ridiculous that if people are making a ridiculous sum of money that they should be able to send their kids, support their kids, and people that are on poverty just barely getting by 
Yes, give them a handout. Okay. So you're okay with the creation of these bureaucrats to oversee this program, right? Well, to some extent, yes. But, of course, we all know the federal government overloads the employment. Well, doesn't the state government do the same thing? Not to the same extent. We don't have that many uh, industries here in New Mexico that are with the federal government or the state government to have to Mm-hmm. Have secretaries. Well, this is one of the problems with people that don't have, you know, a real principle, right? So, and, and Richard, thank you for the call tonight. Uh, Richard, you know, the principal position, of course, is there should be no government schools, right? That's that's the answer. That's how you solve this problem. Yep. And then poor people can get scholarships to private schools, and those exist today. By the way, you can get people to pay for your kids to go to school. In, in fact, some of the schools themselves offer scholarships to people yep. that want to get, you know, an education without having to pay for it or, or a, a reduced price uh, scholarship. And that solves this problem. Instead of trying to figure out what the parents are making and now we got to have a tax bureaucracy that does it didn't exist before and submit your paperwork if you want to get your kids free lunch. And- I think that this problem most likely that Richard has is more of one that I see all people, almost all of the like average person in the United States has, is that they can't think in terms of causes. They can only think in the term of the like the realm of effects. Mm-hmm. They see what's here and they want to change it in such a level that's so down the road. They just aren't even thinking about the possibility of getting rid of the public schools. No, nope, they're not. If he they don't believe it's possible. It, it might have been like, oh yeah, that sounds like a good idea if somebody brought it up to him, but he wouldn't even think of it because he's only in the causes or the realm of effects, not the realm of causes. That's a good point. Yeah, this right. is what you're allowed to consider. This, he acknowledges all of the problems of hiring bureaucrats to do these things, all of the corruption, mm-hmm. all of the people on the dole. And all, then just accepts it. Yeah, and then it's just like, well, I guess we just... But we don't have to accept that. There, there are solutions where we don't have to deal with that bureaucracy, or we don't have to deal with the corruption. Uh, let's go to the phones here. David is in Georgia. You're on Free Talk Live. David. Hi, Ian. Uh, hey, Bonnie, and hey, uh, Aria. How are you guys? Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Um, quick thing. What do you guys think about, like, if you are on... Uh, the government, uh, the government dole, so to speak, taking that and converting it to real money. So, like, if somebody was on, say, Social Security disability or something like that, taking part of that money and converting it to Monero or something like that, couldn't hurt. I mean, if if you've got enough, you, if you're able to get your bills paid and you've got some extra money left over, and you know, obviously, the the general rule with doing this is you don't want to put in more than you can afford to lose. So, if you've got some money sitting around that you can afford to lose, then yeah, I would. I think that's a fine idea. Might be a good way to hedge your and uh, bets against inflation. Yeah. Well, my the reason I ask is because I'm uh, I'm blind, so I'm on Social Security disability, mm-hmm. which quite frankly sucks mm. because even though I can work, people don't want to hire me because they see I'm blind and they're like, oh well, he can't do the job, and they just kind of dismiss me out of hand. Damn. Even if I can over, like, I can't even get a job at McDonald's properly, mm-hmm. even though I could do the job. That's rough. Sorry to hear it. What about work from home stuff? Is that, uh, are there more options now than uh, previously for that? I haven't really tried super work from home. Um, I should definitely give that a, a look, but um, it's not something I've tried before. Okay. 
And of course, there's places like McDonald's. They never tell you that they're not hiring you because you're blind, right? Of course not. Oh, of course. No, they never never say that. They never come right out and say, oh, we can't hire you because you're blind. It's, oh, we didn't hire you because we found somebody more qualified for the position. Because if they said... If they said straight out you're you're blind, we can't mm-hmm. we can't hire you because you don't we don't think you could do the job, then they would be violating the ADA and right. they don't want to be sued. I know, but I so much wish they would rather I, I wish they Just would allow to say that. Yeah. Without bad. threat of yeah, lawsuit. Exactly. I'd rather know so I can go to these companies who could but just choose not to hire people who are disabled. So I so I can refuse to go to them. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, free market would be nice. David, uh, was there more you wanted to share? No, that's it. All right, man. Thanks for the call tonight. I appreciate it. We got time for you here. If you want to join us, the number is 603-283-6160. A total smoking ban in Mexico across all property that is not your own private home. That is what's gone into effect there. And you know that other governments are going to be trying this. Question is, when's the first U.S. state going to try this? We've seen them raising the ages. We've seen them banning it in places. It's Free Talk Live. You can join the show here. we got time for you. If you want to jump in now, you can do that at 603-283-6160. Ian, Bonnie, and Aria joining you tonight. You can join us online as well. Just head over to freetalklive.com. And you can join us in real life, uh, likely. And at least we hope all of us will be there at the Porcupine Freedom Festival and Fork Fest coming up this summer. Uh, in actually, it's technically going to be in the uh, the springtime, the very end of spring. Yeah, I guess so. You've got uh, Fork Fest happening June fifteenth through the eighteenth. It's right before the Porcupine Freedom Festival. It's a decentralized libertarian camping festival. There's no ticket cost. No one is in charge. All you got to do is reserve your camping site, your RV site, or your motel room with Rogers Campground for June 15th through the 18th. And if you got another week and a few bucks and you don't, uh, you don't mind going to the biggest camping festival for libertarians, then stick around for the Porcupine Freedom Festival, although you'll want to get your tickets for that sooner rather than later. They tend to start selling out like within the next couple of months. So you may want to check them out as well. Uh, but ForkFest, you don't need a ticket for. You can go to ForkFest.Party to learn more about it. Once again, that's ForkFest.Parties, where you can get connected with other ForkFest attendees and such. Should be a good year for ForkFest. It was always good when it was before the Porcupine Freedom Festival. It went, for the, I think it was before for three years, and then it was after the Porcupine Freedom it Festival was. for a few years. And that had its perks, but it was a lot quieter of uh, of a week not as many people there so hopefully there's gonna be more people this time around should make it more fun forkfest.party let's go to the phones and to your calls and thoughts jimmy is on the line in florida you're on free talk live jimmy oh hi guys i remember when you were in uh jail or whatever that was uh uh the captain my captain uh took the thing and then bonnie showed up and uh she kept saying bonnie i just love her voice and she's <laughs> got to do something with that you know <laughs> Do something with her voice, you mean? Yeah. It's just mean? so beautiful. I mean, it is. I agree. I can't get over it. I just, I just love it when she's on. You know? Oh, thank you. Uh, that's very nice, uh, Jimmy. I, I happen to completely agree. But were you calling about Mark any other... Mark told re- me I have a bad voice. Well, he's just... He doesn't know what he's talking he's about. He's old and grumpy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jimmy, was that all you were calling about, or was there something else? Well, no, nothing else. But remember I talked about the problems of becoming a, uh, a independent... State and everything. 
Well, I mean, obviously there are, there are trials and, and difficulties, and there's going to be challenges for sure. Yeah, what about them? Okay. Uh, from my youth, I was called General Jimmy, you know. I, got I didn't that nickname. know. I don't know. I don't, General? Yeah, I don't know how I got it. Gen- General Jimmy. Okay. Um, do you guys realize that sitting in New Hampshire, you're going to be a sitting duck in the class of totalitarianism? Canada, and the United States. We're already a sitting duck uh, for totalitarianism of the United States. Because they're going to, they're going to, you okay, you guys uh, do your freedom thing, right? I mean, yeah. or you can just they're ignore what do... Bonnie said. Oh, what? Are you going to address what no. Bonnie said? Uh, listen to me. Um, <laughs> that doesn't they're gonna, okay. here's the, He likes her voice. Give... doesn't like to listen to her. He's <laughs> like Ian. Bonnie, okay, Bonnie. <laughs> Bonnie, Bonnie, just talk to me. That's all I need. <laughs> I don't even know okay. what to say. I, I couldn't tell if you were saying General Jimmy, and were, were you going to get to a point about the military or something like that? Because Yes, yes. When you guys become an independent state, they are going to make life stinky for you in Canada the United States. They're going to What do you mean? You, you... Yeah, I'm, I'm telling yeah, you. Yeah, because they haven't done that already. How are they going to yeah, take water gonna, rights? They're going to take any river or lake. They're going to take water rights. They're going to take airspace. You're not going to be able to fly in. The people from Netherlands. He's one of these people who thinks they're going to do everything. They're not going to invade us, but they're going to do everything just short of that. I mean, what? That's they nonsense. They didn't do it uh, to Brexit. Why would they do it to us? Honey, the, you don't understand the left. Honey. They do not tolerate freedom. Are you're you on the rebels. left? You're going to be No, you're going to be classified as a terrorist state. So you're saying gonna... the right wing would be totally fine with uh New Hampshire seceding and wouldn't do anything about it? I would call yeah. the European yeah. Union pretty left. Yeah, me too. Why didn't they do that to Great Britain? Honey, you're <laughs> surrounded by Canada and the United States. I don't care what happens to Great Britain. Okay, so you're saying the European nations aren't hard left? Nations? Honey, you're in uh, New Hampshire. Why do you keep you're calling me right? honey? It's a <laughs> little weird. weird. It, it is. I mean, it was kind of weird the first time, but like the third time, it's definitely weird. No, it, it's nothing to it. Um, General Jimmy says you're going to be persecuted without any. I'm already being persecuted. Thing. Yeah, literally. Like, oh, oh you're already? Yeah. Oh, honey, you, you haven't seen. Okay. You haven't seen anything like it. Oh, yep. Okay, I I thought that Ian and I were both facing the possibility of prison. So so that that's news to me. I'm definitely facing the. But I, I think he's saying we would be exterminated if uh, New Hampshire. In many ways, that could States. be preferable. <laughs> <laughs> but Jimmy, what you're saying is you think that the European Union is not a hard left organization. Oh, yes, I do. They are. Well, then why didn't they yeah. use uh, the things you're talking about to go after the right wing or uh, Great Britain when they seceded from the European Union? Because the United States is protecting them. Just like the, you remember you gave me the example the other day about the uh, Hong Kong being safe? They were protected by Great Britain, a nuclear power. That's why the Chinese didn't attack them. Why wouldn't it the wasn't... United States protect us in New Hampshire? They're not going to protect you. They're Why? going to take you. Why? Why wouldn't they? Why? Why? Because they were left-leaning, and they're the left people. 
Do you know what's happening in South Dakota? Why? No, 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 no. Why wouldn't they protect us? Well, what what do they care? You're free. Uh, honey, why, 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 why would the U.K. protect Hong Kong? Why would the United States protect the United Kingdom? Why would the United States protect UK, New Hampshire? These are all similar questions. Because they had a 99-year lease on there. They were a nuclear power. There's almost 200 years of cooperation between New Hampshire and the United States. Why wouldn't they protect us? They don't care. They don't love freedom. What about all the liberals that live in New Hampshire? What about the, you know, let's say 30% of people that still supported the United States? Why would they starve those people out? Because you already told me, because when they stop getting their government checks, they're going to leave. Didn't you tell me well, that? they wouldn't the all stop day? getting their government checks. Social Security would still continue to be paid out to those people. Yes, but not Medicare. Well, that's not true. And those people might leave. That's right? true. Not, not that's true. So I got 50 into a state. Bonnie, please speak. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> what did he say? I don't know. I think he said, please speak. Well, okay. I, I asked a question. I, I said, I thought the food stamps yeah. are state, aren't they? Yeah. Sure. I, I so, think they're, they're used, they use federal funds, but I think they're state programs to set mm. them up. Honey, didn't I tell you Are you, you being that yelled you at? Said, is that your wife in the background, Jimmy? Is she, is she telling that? you to yeah. stop being contrary? Did you hear that? <laughs> yeah, what's she yelling at you about? Because I'm talking on the phone. All right, well, you got to go. Thanks for the call tonight. (laughs) Yeah, I just don't see it, man. And you weren't able to put forward any sort of reason why the United States wouldn't protect New Hampshire. I don't think they would, but I don't think they would do anything to harm New Hampshire either. To me, they have just as much reason. They have more reason to protect New Hampshire than they do to harm New Hampshire. Well, also, I don't believe, even if there is going to be some sort of sanctions or whatever, because those are the options, right? It's either a military invasion or sanctions or do nothing, right? It's one of of those three. Uh, I don't believe for a moment that only the left-wingers would do those things. I think absolutely if we'd seceded under Trump— we would have seen whatever nastiness out of the federal government that they would have cooked up, whatever it would have been. And I hope I hope that we're correct and that they don't do anything uh, to us, and I hope that we get to find out what happens sometime within our lifetime. Well, we talked to Libertarian Party presidential candidate Joe Jorgensen, who was like, I don't know about letting New Hampshire leave, and wow. she's Whoa. not left-wing. That's crazy. She, she, you were the one who asked her the question when she said that. Wow. She was like, well, it's one thing for this state to want to leave, but New Hampshire, I don't know about that. Wow. Let's go to your phone calls here. We got uh, Riley on the line in Utah. Go ahead, Riley. Hey, everybody. So your recent caller, David, I don't remember where he's from, was talking about Georgia. Okay. He was wondering whether it would be a good idea to convert like disability to real money like gold or silver or crypto. And I would agree that, yes, you should. You should always try and convert what you can to crypto and say what you can and not tell the government what you have because they're not going to let you have above $2,000 at all in your bank account or access to, to over $2,000. So you might as well. What is this $2,000 rule, Riley? Is this something that applies to disability people? As far as I'm aware, it is. I don't know if it's changed, but from what I remember, it's just $2,000 is the limit. They don't want you to have more than that. So they they want to give you a check every month, but they're insisting you actually spend it rather than save money? Right. <laughs> yeah, I've heard so many times from working like wow. entry-level jobs, like waitressing and stuff like that, from other people that I knew that were um, on, you know, I don't know what exact programs, but on some welfare program, that they couldn't get another job or anything because if they made too much money, they'd get 
kicked off the program. I've definitely heard that about welfare for people that work. It disincentivizes. We know it disincentivizes them to go and get a job for the reasons that you stated. Yeah, I have never up. heard in the years I've been doing this show, and I believe you, Riley, because you, know, you have experience with this. But uh, I've never heard that there's actually a limitation on savings, that if you're just getting a disability check, you can't sock money away in the bank or else they'll cut you off. Well, yeah, because you'll prove that you don't need that much money at that point, right? Isn't that the argument here, that if you manage to save up $2,000 because you saved up $20 a month, then they can take away $20 a month and you'll be just fine, right? Yeah, exactly. That That is the argument. I guess they don't want you to have any sort of wealth either. Well, it'd be great if uh, somebody on disabilities was doing that, turning it into Monero and not telling the government and taking more money from the government. I think it'd be great. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Yep. I think so, too. And, you know, he also mentioned that, you know, being blind, it's hard to find work. I've been grateful. I've been glad. I've, well, yeah, I've been lucky enough to find work, but I've had to prove myself a little bit by doing things like the Free Talk Live Daily Digest and podcasting and things like that. So the best advice I can give to a blind person trying to find work is develop the skills, you know, intern or volunteer as much as you can to promote your skill. And you may or may not find a job. It's really hard to find a job as a blind person. Yeah, that even surprises (laughs) me more so now than ever. I mean, at least around here, and you hear stories about elsewhere, there's so many places that are hiring. I mean, people are so desperate to hire people these days. I'd I'd be shocked if they still, you know, were still turning away uh, blind people and that sort of thing from these jobs. I mean, they're... I don't know that I would be shocked. A lot of people are going to be uncomfortable with it. And they're they're going to come up with all sorts of excuses and justifications. Oh, well, we're just not convinced they could actually really do the job or or whatever. They they would have Mm. some legally protected way, as the previous caller said. They wouldn't come out right and say that, but they would have some way of saying exactly that without coming out and saying it. Yeah, like, uh, I mean, employees often will just say you can't have the job because you have no experience. And it's just like, how do you get experience when you You can't can't get get a job? Yeah. That's true. Right. Riley, thanks for calling and sharing. By the way, Riley is the, the gentleman that does our daily digest, as he mentioned. Uh, that has, because as I mentioned earlier, we've gone to a very, very small amount of revenue on the show right now. We we had started paying Riley for his services, and now we can't do that uh, anymore. So he's gone straight to uh, direct donation, as he has done for the past number of years. Uh, so if you want to donate to Riley, if you enjoy the daily digest and you want to help Riley directly, you should. Uh, you can find his donation information right there at the front of freetalklive.com. It's there right now. And I think you include it in every episode description of the Daily Digest. Is that correct, Riley? Yeah, that's what I've been doing. I've been putting it in every description of the Digest. All right, cool. And you've got your own Patreon, and you've got multiple yep. cryptocurrency addresses so people can contribute in the way they feel is best. And then the government doesn't have to know about whether or not you have more than $2,000 because someone pays you in cryptocurrency, in theory. Exactly. exactly. Very good, Riley. Thanks for the call tonight. Thanks for the service. Appreciate it, man. We continue here with uh, David in Mex- or, uh, New Mexico. David, you're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead. Amboni. Huh? Um, I still can't understand you. He said and Bonnie. Oh. Okay. Your phone's terrible. Is everything all right there, David? Losing it now in the desert. <laughs> You're on to something. Yeah, it sounds like you're not doing well, man. (laughs) Not as as poorly as you, Aria. Oh, okay. I thought I was doing fine, but okay. You may know better. You just complained about worrying about prison just a minute ago. Did you forget already? No. 
But like, I don't perpetually sit around thinking about that like some crazy person out in the New Mexico desert. I have other things I think about. To whom are you referring, Ari? I'm just saying there are other things besides the desolation of the desert for me to think about. So I don't, no, I don't no, no, just no. dwell on things like labeled, just Judge M. Monica Zamora. The, you know, I think about other things public, in my life. On, on public airwaves, you labeled somebody with a medical diagnosis, which you're not possible. It's not possible for you to make that diagnosis. I don't who? think I'm talking about Sarah. I don't think. I, yeah. Who, who? I think she just said, are you losing it? Right? What, what medical diagnosis did I make, David? You're labeling people as crazy. You're diagnosing. That's not a medical diagnosis. That's just an opinion. Well, it's a defamatory opinion. I don't care. Unless you're representing yourself as Dr. Arya, in which case then it would be a medical diagnosis. No, I'm not a doctor. No, no, Just a person with a microphone, and I think you're probably crazy. (laughs) Dr. Demetso sounds like Dr. Demetso. (laughs) It does a little bit, yeah. And, and, And you contradicted yourself just now, Arya, because the other day when you were on the radio just a few days ago, you complained of constantly worrying about whether you're going to prison or not. Now, now you just contradicted that. Okay. I wonder what uh, call it I'm Okay, then busted. I, yeah. Oh no. <laughs> I, I'm flattered that you. I mean, you're you're like one of these matrix trolls almost, man. I mean, you keep it up and you might graduate to that level where, like, you'll pull up a clip from something I said five years ago and go, "Aha! I got you." <laughs> five years ago, you said this. I can't stand to hear you today, are you? Why? All right, well, then why are you calling in? Bye-bye. Sounds like a personal problem to me, man. Yeah, the number is 603-283-6160. Why would you call a show you can't stand to talk to somebody on? And he listens, apparently. Yeah. I don't no, understand does. why that made him so angry that he said, are you, or that Arya said, are you losing it to him? Because he was I think I just said, are you crazy. okay? I don't remember what exactly I said. Oh, yeah. Yeah, how are you doing today? Or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was a genuine question because, like, you were acting a little bit weird, man. <laughs> Nobody could understand what he was saying except me. Uh, Calexit is back, by the way, since Jimmy had called in about uh, secession, peaceful independence here in New Hampshire. It's important to point out that New Hampshire is not the only place where this is being discussed. Uh, Calexit, that is to say, California leaving the United States. Their website is yescalifornia.org. Glad to see they're uh, back at it over there. They've got a, uh, a new proposal. They're calling it Calexit 3.0, and they're saying what? it's... Good Lord, what happened to 1 and 2.0? It didn't work out. Okay. Uh, but uh, they're saying that it's time for an ideological divorce in California. The Yes California Independence Campaign announced his, its intention to file a third ballot measure. This measure, known as Calexit 3.0, divides the state along ideological lines while taking into account other factors such as geographic con- contiguity economic zones and cultural regions i mean i think it's a good idea to mix it up because they don't want to if look if we in new hampshire if we put the constitutional ballot question about new hampshire seceding on every single um legislative session for the next you know 15 years or 16 years whatever people are going to get bored with it's going to be passe no one's going to pay any attention so it's not going to generate any headlines it will if it gets more votes it will, but eventually it'll just become that thing that New Hampshire does all the time that no one pays any attention to. Well, it's just good, routine. Th- good news, you can only do it once every two years. Right. So it won't be every year. So I think it's probably not a terrible idea for CalExit to, instead of doing 3.0, just take a few years off and let people catch their breath and then try to generate some buzz. Well, I think they have, actually. I don't I don't know if they did anything they? within the How last How long do they have years. to wait? Because we have every two years, but is theirs like that, too? It's probably every four there, because we have state elections every two 
and theirs I'm, I suspect are not every two. Most states are not two; it's four. I so, guess it has been a while since I've heard anything about Calexit. Well, they they also had an internal schism as well a oh, couple yeah. of years ago where there were there was fighting was within like last the year. organization. Yeah, so they they've had a tough time. Was this where some of them wanted to form a new state with like part of California and part of Oregon or no, whatever? No, 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 no. It uh, had to do with the founder who had like moved to Russia oh, and yeah. then he moved back and he started sabotaging uh, Calexit or something it's like, like that. like messing up their social media and stuff like that on purpose. Yeah, it was weird. It was some sort of personal spat between... Okay. Just weirdness in general. To, like, I mean, these things happen. Just infighting. You know yeah. how it is? Like the Libertarian Party people fight over stupid crap and uh, I'm sure it happens in the They did. They had the Democrats. same thing happen with the Twitter handle for the Libertarian Party or something a few months ago. It's like, guys, this is not worth being children about but you whatever mean, you mean where it got took over by a hostile takeover by some artist what? that one was no, it even no. a hostile takeover it was like everybody thought was jackie for a while remember if somebody had the passwords it wouldn't give it to the new people who got elected it was like you're bef- talking about the was, local ones i'm talking about the oh. national lp their whole twitter know, account got taken over by some nft artist oh i forgot about that yeah yeah that did happen This ideological divorce between the left and the right in California will result in the secession of 22 coastal and Bay Area counties from the United States, while the remaining mostly inland counties will constitute the U.S. state of California. So the previous uh, Calexit proposals were that the entire state of California should secede from the United States. They want to leave California, too. And be its own nation. Uh, And now they're saying they are uh, splitting the baby, so to speak. And they're just going to have the most liberal cities, the coastal areas of California, secede. And then the righty areas, the red side of California, which is more the, the eastern side of the state, uh, would be able western? to stay. No, the eastern side. Oh, oh, uh, right. The western side would blue. be the coast. I mean, the, I'm okay with this. This is a ballot measure we intend to file in the state of California very soon. I like using a symbolic date, but we need to file these divorce papers and need to file them very soon. So we're going to be looking at doing that, said the organization's president and founder, Louis Marinelli, who I believe was the person who was doing the alleged sabotage. So it's interesting that he's still uh, around. He says, and this ballot initiative may set the tone for similar divorce settlements in other states. If I remember correctly, the person who wasn't sabotaging ended up moving to like arkansas so he was like i'm mm. getting out of here so that probably like kind of gave it up so the other guy the original guy Won took over. over yeah such as washington and oregon that also have a stark east-west ideological division we have a serious problem in this country with the incompatibility of two diverging sets of values and we need a national divorce and we need one fast and he's I not agree. wrong no, he's absolutely right. The organization has also published a 12-page introductory white paper covering some of the key ideas behind Collects at 3.0 in advance of its anticipated filing at the Attorney General's office in Sacramento. Now, of course, after they file this thing, then the real work starts because then they have to get, I believe it's hundreds of thousands. Let me see here. It actually says here in their white paper, 857,310 valid signatures in order to get their question on the California ballot. So I believe. I imagine this is where they fell in previous years? I think so. Yeah, I don't think this uh, ballot, anything from Calexit has ever appeared on the California ballot. That's an impossibly high number. It's incredibly high. You could do it if you hired people, right? Like you're not going to be able to get volunteers to, to pull a million. Signatures, because remember, in order to get eight hundred thousand signatures, you got to shoot for like sixteen or one point six million, right? Because you got to double the number because they're going to be invalidating them. I just wanted to ask Aria what she thinks about the Libertarian Party of New Hampshire 
going online and saying that the people who did uh, Epstein's Island and J.P. Morgan and Biden are satanic pedophiles. And what does Arya, the Satanist, think about them characterizing Satanism as a bunch of pedophiles or anyone who does something evil in the government? I think that there's a strong takeover among libertarianism in general, not just in New Hampshire, but in libertarians of these these right wing conservatives, almost MAGA types, but the conspiratorial types, certainly, who are convinced that there is a satanic child worshiping, child raping plot by people on the left or authoritarians of whatever bent to take over the world and to do nefarious evil things like eat children and suck down adrenochrome or rape children or whatever it is that they think that people do. And it seems to me that those types of people have the the QAnon types. So maybe they're QAnon, maybe they're not, but they're certainly these, they lean toward believing conspiracies. They've just happened to have control of the Libertarian Party Twitter and they should be denounced. Honestly, I, I agree with that completely. And I think it's pretty dangerous that people just wantonly use the word Satanist like that. Because they don't know what that even means. No, they have no idea. Wait, is this the Libertarian Party of New Hampshire? Yeah. They could contact a Satanist if they cared to. And they they could have all of these little valid, invalid ideas that they have disputed by an actual Satanist. But they won't do that because they're too wrapped up in these conspiracy theories. I asked them, do you know what uh, Satanism is in the comments? And they just ignored me. Uh, Out of time for tonight. Maybe we'll get into Satanism tomorrow night because it's back in the news again. I've got a story about that. Meanwhile, you can join us online between now and then. I'll put the Colexit details and this 12-page white paper on our social media at social.freetalklive.com. Just follow us on the at FTL account. We'll see you tomorrow. On Free Talk Live, we're bringing people to the ideas of liberty every day. From wrestling superstars like Glenn Jacobs. You guys really are having an impact, I believe. Like I said, uh, a lot of where I am now is due to listening to Free Talk Live. You changed my mind on some very important issues years ago. To random people tuning in on the radio. I was kind of stuck in the left-right paradigm. I heard your show by chance on a Saturday night. From there, I went on doing the Free State Project and become an amplifier. So, I mean, that's really the reason why I amp is uh, because I know that if it wasn't for you guys being on as many stations as you are, I never would have found the ideas of liberty. You can help more people hear the message of liberty by joining Free Talk Live's AMPS program on Patreon for as little as $5 a month. And you'll get access to special perks. Visit amps.freetalklive.com, amps.freetalklive.com.